0: Hello and welcome to MediaMade, the show in which we, year by year, explore the movies, music, and TV that most invaded our lives. I'm your host, sleazy con man in a red suit, Rod, and I'm joined by...
1: CPC-207A, Jess.
0: Can you explain what that is?
1: I'll explain it at the end of the show. (laughs) Gosh. If I remember.
0: (laughs) It's related to her movie, like it always is. Like it always is. Hi, okay, welcome. This is MediaMade. If you are new to the show, let me explain what we do. Um, This is a movie episode talk about movies of 1996 and we have looked at a list of every movie released that year and we've decided which one each of us had watched the most in our lives um, spoiler alert my movie's better no <laughs> <laughs> that is not a spoiler my movie is the inspiration for this podcast as a whole
1: I don't know that I concur you're saying a lot of
0: out-of-pocket things this year it's, it it's related we'll get to it in the second segment when we talk about my movie. But yeah, so we're looking at... Basically, it's the movie that most invaded our lives from 1996. Okay? Mm-hmm. Movies from that year, we've seen the most of. Start to finish. Um, I My movie is the movie I've seen the most in my life.
1: Yes. Yeah. We'll, Absolutely.
0: We'll talk about that. Yeah.
1: I don't want it to be mine.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it might just be yours someday too.
1: 15 years from now, it's definitely probably going to be.
0: Uh, but... Um, we're in a new year, 1996. Uh, where were you in 1996? Florida. No. How do you know? Have you ever been to Florida?
1: Yes. went to Disney World. Oh,
0: in 1996?
1: I have no idea.
0: <laughs> there are <laughs> pictures, though. But
1: where were you doing in 96? I oh, Was I kindergartner? Was I five years old? You were six years old. Oh, okay. So I was being bullied seven on- You were seven years oh, old. Oh, I was definitely being bullied alone on a playground. I feel like we've already discussed this. When were you not bullied on the playground? <laughs> when I stopped having playgrounds, then I was just bullied in the streets. Oh.
0: <laughs> Where was I in 96? Well, I became a big brother.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, I think it was my last year of uh, preschool. It was like I entered in my last year of preschool. Cute. Uh, I would start kindergarten in 97.
1: Cute. Yep, so. You're about to be a real schoolboy.
0: Yeah. Trying to think, what uh, what like world events were going on in '96? Uh,
1: Whoa, there Google well, was available, but no there longer.
0: There was a the U.S. hosted the Olympics. We, oh, we yeah. know this. Atlanta had the Atlanta Summer Olympics.
1: Nice. Let's get sweaters.
0: <laughs> Big purple sweaters.
1: I'd say Atlanta Olympics '69. Wait, '96.
0: 96.
1: '96.
0: 96. Um, there was a presidential election that year. It was uh, George. No, no, no. Bill Clinton versus Bob Dole.
1: Ah, uh, who won that?
0: Bill Clinton, <laughs> right before the trouble started. Oh, no. Um, my dad said that when he, when Bob Dole was running for president, he wanted to create a fake bumper sticker that said, Bob Dole for pineapple. <laughs> <laughs> he which should is, still do this. Which is something my dad would do. I
1: Can we have a... I don't want to put any stickers in our car. Yeah. Let's put a sticker on our door. No. I don't know
0: anything about Bob Dole's politics, so I don't want to endorse him in any way.
1: But Dole Pineapple.
0: The secret is that it wasn't actually those two gentlemen as president. They had been kidnapped by Kane and Kodos. <laughs> what? From The Simpsons. Oh, gosh. There's an episode where they get abducted by aliens, and they the aliens take their place in the election.
1: You have been on a Simpsons kick.
0: Well, I, I saw that was like the only Simpsons episode I ever saw as a kid. That's weird. Yeah. Like, I remember my friend Chris came over, and I wasn't allowed to watch The Simpsons, but that night, you know, we snuck downstairs and watched it on the TV. And I remember Bill Clinton and Bob Dole got a- abducted by aliens. You've
1: always been a troublemaker.
0: <laughs> always. Kids, don't be like Rodney. <laughs> anyway, uh, let's jump into our movies. Yay! Yeah! So the first movie we're going to talk about is Jess's Movie of 96. Released August 14th, 1996. Written by Michael Hitchcock. Directed by Harry Weiner. Starring Jamie Lee Curtis, Kevin Pollock, Jennifer Tilly, Wallace Shawn, Caroline Allen, Christopher McDonald, Sheila McCarthy, and Jennifer Love Hewitt. That is... How's Arrest?
1: You two are in very serious trouble! You have in very serious trouble! As
0: a matter of fact, starting right now, you're both grounded!
2: No offense, guys, but... I think you are. Grover! Stacy!
1: Good night! These are the kind of children you would raise alone. Troublemakers.
0: So I got that clip because I think that's the like, that's the like, you know, the premise of the movie and what like probably got the movie made was it's like, well, what if the kids grounded the parents? (laughs) And like that (laughs) because they
1: deserved it. That's a
0: one million dollar idea. Let's make that movie. The problem is it stopped there.
1: I, I, what do you mean, problem? There's no problems with this movie. <laughs> this movie has
0: a lot of problems. <laughs> okay, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sit here and say this is the worst movie ever made because no, no, this is not. no son-in-law.
1: This is no yeah. who goes to the, the Americas.
0: Yeah, I kind of I, I probably like it better than American Tale too. Yeah, but like the movie is like very simple and like one note. Yeah, it's sort of like one joke drawn out for
1: ninety minutes.
0: Yeah, <laughs> if it, it, I wouldn't be surprised if you had told me this was a TV movie. It feels like a TV movie with a budget.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I barely a budget. budget. Oh, yeah, I I enjoyed the movie. All right, t- tell us what is this movie about? Uh, this movie is about uh, a child named Grover, whom found out his parents are separating, took that badly, and so locked them in their basement on their honeymoon until uh, their they anniversary. Could, oh, on their anniversary until they could work it out and be married.
0: That's that's it. Yeah. They lock their parents in the basement. They put them on house arrest. They ground them and say, hey, work out your problems so you guys don't get divorced.
1: Yes. But, you know, that would be a little bit too one note. So, of course, he tells his friend and his friend and in telling his friend he is overheard by his school bully. And then his school bullies like,
0: yeah, I'm bringing my parents over too. The whole neighborhood brings their parents into the basement. Yes. To work out their differences.
1: Yeah, basically. So we just got five ho- five households in one basement. Except the kids aren't in the basement. They're yeah. running rampant in this house that has too many breakable yep. things. Okay.
0: Yep. So it's basically children committing uh, a, a crime.
1: The crime being CPC 207A. <laughs> California Kidnapping.
0: California Penal Code 207A. <laughs> <laughs> kidnapping of parents <laughs> kidnapping just in general <laughs> yeah okay so what why is this your movie where did you first see it on tv freaking run on tbs or something
1: probably i don't know that it, i can't A remember family channel yeah i can't remember the first movie i actually saw in theaters this wasn't it
0: <laughs> for sure
1: um but i definitely caught it on cable or whatever I caught it on a station several times and I like the concept of it I thought it was like interesting Um, especially as a kid just kind of like it's home alone-esque but a little bit more believable because it's harder for me to believe one child booby-trapped a whole home but it's easy for me to believe a delinquent with many other children to
0: help like at least board up a a basement yeah yeah It, it has it has a lot of DNA of your home alone Or the parent trap, Mm -hmm. you know, where it's like scheming kids or... Who know much better than their adult counterparts. I remember uh, uh, Cheaper by the Dozen had a little bit of stuff like this where like they're terrorizing the nanny or something or the babysitter.
1: I don't know if Cheaper by... Maybe yours, mine, and ours.
0: I can't remember. One of those movies. Yeah. You know, just scheming kids. That was a thing. Scheming kids in the 90s.
1: (laughs) Your Scooby-Doo groups.
0: They're,
1: They're scheming kids.
0: Meddling kids.
1: (laughs) Oh yes, there's difference between scheming and
0: meddling. Yes. Uh, Anyway, so let's talk about how this movie was made. Spoiler alert: There's not a whole lot to it. (laughs) Uh, Like your movies are really hard to research because they're like super obscure.
1: (laughs) I like obscure movies. Okay, let's be honest. I can be mainstream in a lot of ways.
0: Your music is generally more mainstream than mine, but your it movies is. are not. It is.
1: Maybe not the music I'm listening to like in the present. It's not super mainstream. But in general, it's just kind of like, I like what I like. And these are movies nobody would watch with me. So yeah, so it's like, you know, alone. there's no
0: Wikipedia, there's no IMDb trivia for these movies. So <laughs> a lot of the time, it's me searching the writer or director and trying to find out their biography. And if, did they do an interview in 1996 or anything? So here's what I got. Actor, writer, producer Michael Hitchcock was born July 28, 1958 in Defiance, Ohio ah. and was later raised in Western Springs, Illinois. In addition to earning his master's degree in fine arts, Hitchcock became a member of the Groundlings comedy troupe in the early to mid 90s. Do you remember the Groundlings? Yes. Can you name some members of the Groundlings?
1: That guy from The Office.
0: I, yeah, I don't know actually.
1: Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. I, I,
0: of, of the sh- all of the movies and shows we've talked about, the th- like the three main actors from The Groundlings that have appeared in things we've talked about for this show mm-hmm. include Phil Hartman. Yes, who was many characters in Brave Little Toaster. Uh, he was in. Um, he was. He was uh, Captain Carl in Pee Wee. He was. Uh, we didn't talk about it, but he was in News Radio. He was filming News Radio. Yeah. At this time, um, the other another person is John Lovitz. Oh yeah, played the radio in Brave Little Toaster, <clears throat> and of course Paul Rubens, Pee-wee himself, Meh. who we've talked about with Pee-wee and Buffy and many other things.
1: Oh yeah, I was like, don't put him in, but he wasn't Buffy. <laughs> he wasn't <in> Buffy. <laughs>
0: he was in Matilda. We didn't talk about Matilda. We just there's a runner-up. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, hi- Michael Hitchcock's first writing credit was the 1992 crime drama. Where the Day Takes You. Have you ever seen or heard of that?
1: No, and that doesn't sound like a title for a crime drama.
0: Where the Day Takes You. Don't know. Anyway, and he subsequently received writing credits on The Thief and the Cobbler, the Miramax cut, mm-hmm. uh, and Problem Child 3, Junior in Love. <laughs> did, you, did you watch that one?
1: Yes. Do you remember a couple of months ago when I was sitting in here watching the first Problem Child? Yes, I do. <laughs> and I was like, I remember liking this movie it and it watching up? going like... This is not good. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm glad you, you know, came around on at least. One I, your can ad- movies. I
1: can admit that my movies aren't good as long as I'm not in con- competition with you. You're a cheater. <laughs> I've never cheated. I've, I've, in my I'm life.
0: genuine with my, you know, my mm, assessments I am also of genuine. My, my childhood nostalgia.
1: I am also genuine.
0: Uh, Michael Hitchcock reportedly got the idea for House Arrest from childhood memories of the 1961 version of The Parent Trap.
1: Oh,
0: yeah, like. He he comes from the same generation as my mom. My mom always talked about watching the first Parent Trap movie when she was a kid,
1: and how it was better because there was twins.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, yeah <laughs> yes. I don't know, like th- that. In the nineties, there was a lot of like, hey, let's just remake the Parent Trap. Yeah, it takes two. Is very similar to the Parent Trap, but better. The parent they they just remade the Parent Trap. They did with, with Lindsay Lohan. Lohan. Yeah, I enjoyed that version. This is very similar to the Parent Trap. We'll talk about it later, but there's a lot of childhood um fantasy about you know bringing divorced parents back together i mean yeah. wish, wish fulfillment yeah wish unfulfillment in a lot more cases that's really that's about it on terms of direct like produ like coming up with the idea for this movie that's all i could get
1: hmm.
0: um so i have a bit of information about the production company uh, house arrest was produced by reicher entertainment does that sound familiar
1: yes because we saw the Name of it twice when we watched the movie.
0: They produced It Takes Two the previous year.
1: Hey! So, you know, maybe Kids you, films. You were a
0: riceher baby. I would... I don't know. Feels weird. <laughs> in May 1995, rice Entertainment entered a five-film domestic distribution arrangement with Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer, or MGM, uh, with House Arrest serving as the second film in that arrangement. What were the other films? I don't know. <laughs> I looked it up, but, like, none of them sounded... Like none of them sounded familiar, so
1: and well, then I've probably seen them. Oh. <laughs> Apparently I'm a Reisher baby.
0: Um the film was directed by Harry Weiner, whose only other theatrical film was the controversial film Space Camp. Do you know anything about Space Camp? No. It's a movie about going to like space camp, like or or like, you know, NASA space you know, that kind of thing. It was right. like a NASA space movie. It released two months after the Challenger exploded. Ooh. So people thought, yeah, releasing this movie was probably p- in poor taste.
1: Bad timing.
0: Yep. So he, this is his his return <laughs> to to the director's chair. Good job. All of the rev- like all the reviews that I was reading about um, House Arrest was they mentioned the director and his <laughs> controversy with Space Camp.
1: Wow, some things you just can't outrun. And
0: that's really it for House Arrest. That's all I got.
1: Oh. Huh. Yeah, That means that we're going to have a lot of time to talk about the meat, the very meaty, meaty, meatness of this movie, the great deep depths of which we shall plow down into to find out who was truly arrested. (laughs) (laughs) Guys, it's early. (laughs)
0: Kids, I'm sorry. I don't know what you're talking about.
1: I don't know if this is going to be cut or not. All
0: right, so let's jump into the movie. I feel like I said it with so few words compared to your rant. (laughs) Uh, the main character of the movie, what's his name? Grover. Grover Beindorf.
2: Hi, I'm, I'm Grover Beindorf. I'm 14 years old. I live in Defiance, Ohio, which is somewhere between Toledo and Hicksville. It's a nice town, but pretty average, I guess. And to tell you the truth, that's how I was, too. That is, until last April. Now, if you're going to blame someone, you should blame me. But things just didn't happen like like they were supposed to. It's like everything snowballed on me. (laughs) I'm getting ahead of my story. Let's
1: start at the beginning, when Mom and Dad got married.
0: So it's kind of interesting. The movie starts where the main character is like...
1: Breaking a fourth wall.
0: Yeah, talking to the camera and explaining himself. And like, I had never seen this movie before. So he's explaining something horrible that had happened. He's like, "No, things got out of hand. I promise, it was. It never. We never t- intended for this to happen." I was like, what, hap- what happened? <laughs>
1: what defiance happened in Ohio?"
0: <laughs> so yes, Defiance, Ohio. That's where the writer was born. So, want to go visit? No, <laughs> that's fair. It's like uh, the movie wasn't even filmed in Defiance, Ohio. It's got like four shots, but that wasn't even filmed in Defiance. Oh. They just put up a fake sign. So most of the movie was filmed in Monrovia, California, which is, like, northeast of L.A. Yeah. Uh, They filmed parts of Back to the Future there. I know that. I've been there.
1: Never mind. I was going to say, you want to go visit Fake Defiance? And then you said, Back
0: to the Future, I don't want to go. And then another town called Shagrin Falls, Ohio, was doubled for Defiance, Ohio. So they filmed at Shagrin Falls, like, Town Square, and just put up a sign. That's cute. Yeah. So uh, Grover Beindorf, uh, he's played by
1: floppy hair kid who's been in lots of stuff.
0: Kyle Howard. The only movie I've ever known him from was The Paper Brigade. It was a Disney Channel original movie where he plays a paper boy, um, and he plays a character named Gunther.
1: And he's kind of a little piece of crap
0: in that movie. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Yeah, he's, he's rude to his dad. But, like, Grover and Gunther. This kid got the G, the weird G names his entire career. <laughs>
1: Did he only do those two things? No, or is no, that no. What he's he's continued to, to work. Yeah. I mean, he's
0: still working. I was too.
1: like, I know I've seen him in but other those,
0: stuff. The, those are the only movies that I can remember seeing him ah. in. Gunther and Grover.
1: <laughs>
0: Quite a pair. <laughs> anyway, as we said, Grover's parents are getting divorced. So No, they're getting separated.
1: They're getting separated. They're not getting divorced. Two different things. My parents are getting separated. Oh,
2: hey.
1: Groves, I'm I'm sorry.
2: Do they say why? Not really. Well, I don't mean to scare you, but that's usually a bad sign. It means there's a lot wrong. Who's moving out, your mom or dad? My dad. Also bad. If your mom's moving out, it's usually just temporary. Check out his suitcases. Most of them are packed. You're really in trouble. What do you mean? Divorce. No, they're not getting divorced. They said it was only a separation. Divorce isn't even up for consideration. Gross. I hate to break it to you, but that's what they always say. First it's separation, then it's divorce. If I were you, I'd lock him in a closet until they
1: worked everything out.
0: And that's what he does.
1: (laughs) It's essentially what he does.
0: So, uh, obviously, divorce and separation are a very big part of the movie. Mm -hmm. It creates the stakes and the premise. Right. So, we're going to talk once again about divorce in America. (laughs) I think... It's so weird in in just going through this journey with MediaMate, right? And mm-hmm. looking at movies, kids movies from the the 90s, right. early to mid 90s. Every single year we talk about marriage problems and parent problems. Yeah. Every single time. Yeah. Hook um uh, uh, the Goofy movie. Mhm. Free Willy. Oh, let's not talk about that one. <laughs> It's just
1: so much. It's prevalent. It's like, I think that's the, what, right? The art, you know, and like what people were growing up. I like, because, you know, like divorce rates in the 90s were going up.
0: I I, I did but, my research on it. Okay. So apparently, and it, I read a really interesting article about the history of divorce in America, right? Mm-hmm. It was like, it wasn't until like 1960 when the divorce rate just went, sh- just shot up. Mm-hmm. Do you know why? <clears throat> women's suffrage? No. Dang it. <laughs> that, was, that was like a hundred years before. I'm talking about More rights for women. Maybe somewhere in the South they couldn't vote yet. <laughs> but I'm glad this isn't a visual podcast. Okay. Um, in 1960, or roundabouts, California Governor Ronald Reagan,
3: mm. the actor.
0: Boo! Boo! He, he signed into law basically <clears throat> allowing people to get divorced Without a stated reason. Oh. Yeah. And that paved the way for divorce rates to just go up because before then you had to have like some kind of like valid reason. And I'm sure the courts had to approve. California said, nope, you don't need to do that. And then the rest of the country followed suit. So
1: that's such a weird. I mean, I guess technically because marriage is a like contract that you're entering into with another person and the government technically like when you're signing a marriage license that's what it is so if you are getting divorced you're breaking that contract for whatever reason like with tax stuff and different things so i guess at the point like well if you're going to stop us from making money off of your marriage you need a valid reason but that sounds insane to me like somebody 50 miles, 50 miles, way more than that. Someone in a capital far away from us can have a hand in a decision in our relationship and how we decide to move forward with it. That sounds insane.
0: That's that's the way it was. So from 1960 to 1980, the divorce rate more than doubled from 9.2 divorces per 1,000 married women to 22.6 divorces per 1,000 married women. I don't. Know why, I don't know why they measured it in married women, but that's that's what they did. Um, that meant that while less than twenty percent of couples who married in 1950 ended up divorced, about fifty percent of couples who married in 1970 did. And this period was known as the divorce revolution.
1: I thought it was the free love period.
0: <laughs> that too. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> anyway, so I want to think that you know, an entire generation of creatives in Hollywood, right? All were basically. They all grew up with their parents having been divorced. Yeah, like that's a what lot i was of thinking. Them. So yeah. they're all projecting, mm-hmm. and now they're their parents, and they're confronting their own issues with their spouses, and they're like, "Oh crap! I don't want to put my child through the same thing I did." Or I, w- you know, now that I can write movies and create fantasies. I wish that I could like, you know, conjure up a family where the kids convince the parents not to get divorced.
1: Yeah. Which I think is so interesting because I feel like when you're a child, it's got, it's hard, right? Like it's hard when your parents split. And uh, I know that when, when me and my sisters went through it, I was old enough to know it wasn't my fault, <laughs> you know, like that it wasn't because of anything that I did, but my sisters are younger. One at the middle one, I think she was fine. I, the, the younger one internalized a lot of stuff um that i think she's worked through (laughs) at this point but i think that like as a child who's not has never been in a relationship and especially a relationship that requires a lot of commitment to another person you don't realize how hard it is right like I think even before when uh when we were dating we were talking about marriage I was like my real fear of it what okay obviously divorce affected me in some way but my fear was right like that like people change like the you and me who started dating what like six or seven years ago are different people than the two people sitting at this table right now. Yep. And like to trust in the fact that these two different people are still going to love each other and like each other enough to keep making it work through our changes. And thank God we don't got kids. Hey, sorry, kids. You don't count in this relationship. <laughs> like, We're
0: not your real mom.
1: <laughs> but like, you know, it's, it's hard. So I can understand wanting to create a fantasy where it's just kind of like, man, there's a lot of real problems between me and my wife.
0: I wish our kids could be enough.
1: That's what this movie is, and that it breaks my
0: heart. Yep, and uh, we've—this is all related. We've—we've we've identified this trend before. This trope. What is that trope? What is it? Dad guilt. Dad guilt. <laughs> so, yep. A lot of Hollywood writers were encountering the dad guilt. And maybe they were having marriage problems like their parents before them because hurt people hurt people. Yep. And they're like, oh my gosh, this is, you know, like I need to create something. Right. To express myself.
1: That's fair. And I think like it was really interesting too because some of the couples in this, we'll talk about it. Yeah. Definitely should have gotten divorced, (laughs) but they stayed together and and made it
0: work. That's a generational thing. Like something that we've encountered is a lot of older couples that we know, like they rushed into marriage mm-hmm. and you know, like we dated for what, three years before we got married. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And, but we were friends considering dating for like two years before that. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> we take things slow in this house.
0: And I'm like three years to meet. Doesn't even seem all that. Slow. It's but really not friends. I've talked to are like, Oh wow. That's so, wow. You, you, you guys took forever to get married. And I'm like, Seemed appropriate to us. Yeah. So like a lot of people in our generation, they wait to get married. A lot of couples, like they don't get married, even though they're like, they've been dating for several years. Yeah. Living together. You know, it's just like, you know, young people wait to get married. They wait to buy a house. Mm -hmm. Well,
1: (laughs) 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 who can't buy houses? Thanks, Reagan. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, right. Like we got like I gotta fill you out. If I'm like saying forever, I understand forever is a very long time.
0: Yeah. So, you know, it's different. <laughs> so, some of these couples we will talk about probably shouldn't have gotten married mm. in the first place. Yeah. What? Yeah.
1: <laughs> and should have broken it off. Yes. By the end. <laughs> yes.
0: So, before that, let's talk about because I feel like the the main character Grover his. And he's got a little sister. What's his little sister's name?
1: It starts with an A. Ashley?
0: Stacy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm sorry, Stacy.
0: Talk to me, talk to me, talk to me, late A. <laughs> hey, Stacy. <laughs> All right, Grover and Stacy, their parents, who are Ned and Janet Beindorf, played by Kevin Pollock and Jamie Lee Curtis, respectively. Yep. Uh, they, I feel like that family does the best with, like, exploring the theme of divorce. hmm You know, like, the ins and outs. Like, it's, you know, it's, it's not subtle. It's, it's, you know, quite... They just kind of hammer it home a little bit. But, yeah. like, you know, they talk about it, at least. I, yeah. I, I appreciate Grover talking to his friend at school about divorce and his friend obviously had gone through some of divorces, so he's the expert and he's talking about like the specifics like, Well if your dad's already packed his bags, that's a bad sign or, you know, like they say they say separation, but they're for sure talking about divorce and stuff like that. Um Thanks, buddy. How effective do you think the movie is about discussing that theme?
1: You know, I was actually thinking about um is okay, talking about separation. I was thinking like now, not while we were watching the movie, like <laughs> it's their anniversary and they're like yeah, we're getting separated. And by the time the kids get home, the pe- bags are packed. Like how quickly do you just dis- start discussing this with your kids and then move out? You know, I well, think the,
0: the the movie starts where like the kids don't know there's anything wrong. Yeah. They make their parents an anniversary present. They make them like a little video. A video
1: of all the good times. Literally like from when they got married to their honeymoon, to them buying a house, to them fixing it up, to both pregnancies. A whole very romantic video. It's their song is playing under it. It's it's great. It's great. Kids don't do that for us, but I mean, it, <laughs> it was it was quite moving.
0: Yeah, and then the the parents were like, oh, <laughs> it's our anniversary, and we we didn't talk. We need to talk about it. And like they they're hesitant at first, like kids, we got to talk about something. And like Janet, we said when we're going to talk about it, and then they tell them like, nope, we're going to separate it. and they're like, no. So the parents had been having this conversation yeah. for a while before they. The kids were brought into right. it. And I guess dad's already packing his bags because he's got all his suits.
1: He's literally leaving tonight.
0: <laughs> yeah. And um, we find out later that the mom's lawyer had drafted up the divorce papers as like, you know. Precaution. She she was not aware that like that meant anything. She just thought that was a normal thing to do just in case. Mm-hmm. So the, the process is far along.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it is. But they haven't talked about it with the kids which i mean like it's your prerogative you know i think that it's interesting though like how it's framed i don't know how it is in every household's different but i was like in my household i saw it coming i definitely saw that separation coming Mm. you know so it's interesting that they're like so oblivious so i guess it's it's so this discussion of it right like how the movie prevents, presents this divorce and the separation, I think is really good because I think as these kids are younger, the, Grover is like in middle school. He's 14. He's, he's 14. 14. So he's, so probably, he's a freshman, yeah, yeah, freshman uh, in high school. And he, both of them are caught off guard. So I like, I can understand feeling like being young and like not really noting, knowing the signs, not noticing it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And I think that that was presented well. I guess it was all right.
0: Yeah, and I think they they have good conversations. Like the they they, the kids they hatch their plan to lock them in the basement. But basically, they have they they have they force an anniversary party on their parents in the basement. Mm -hmm. Like, hey, let's have some cake. Let's watch this video. Let's have a chat. Yeah, you know, and the parents discuss the specifics of separation and why it's important. You Mm -hmm. know, and to me, it sounds like they're having a very adult, like mature. Conversation about separation mm-hmm. because I think there's wisdom in sometimes if you're if the couple's having problems, it's like one, go to therapy. <laughs> yes. And two, like if you need space, establish important boundaries. You know, make sure that therapy and communication is still happening. But yeah. in like the most extreme circumstances, separation is a good thing, I think, sometimes. Yeah. Or at least the movie makes it seem like this is a mature decision that they're making.
2: You guys are getting separated. What we don't understand is why, Grover. Are you two having affairs? No. No. Oh, no, kids.
4: It's like we said this morning. Daddy and I are just having some
2: difficulties, and we feel like we need some time apart. That's all. Maybe you should get counseling. No, honey. Actually, we don't need counseling. The truth is no one ever really needs counseling. We just need some time apart from each other. No, you don't. Grover. You guys spent enough time apart. Maybe you need some time together.
0: That's enough, sir. You
2: guys used to get along just fine.
0: Uh, sir, I think you do need therapy. You
1: definitely need counseling. <laughs> like, no one really ever needs counseling, sir. You were <laughs> definitely raised in a different time. Yes. <laughs> um, I was going to say, like, I, I think I I think I said this when we were watching. It. I was like, it's clear that both of the, even though we don't follow Stacey, um, to school, that she said, are you having affairs? It's clear that she, much like her brother, talked to her friends about it, right? Like, because these are things that I think that you talk to your friends who have had this kind of thing happen and they're like, what, what can I expect? Like, why did it happen for them? Like, we don't understand, you My know? My dad
0: had an affair.
1: Like, what's that? I don't know. But he had it and it made my mom mad, you know? Um, But I also think, like, this is a really good, um I think this is one of the things, like you said, the movie does well. Like, we're having a conversation about yeah, it. Yeah. It could definitely be more in-depth, but, like, this is how these parents choose to talk to their children about this, right? Like, in truths, but in also, like, obscurities. That's not <laughs> what it is. Whatsoever the word is, when you're, like, not telling... Vagueness. vagueness like truth but vague truthful but vague Yeah. but I also wish the movie did more to like show us how things are progressing so we get that one line before it's like "Ah, you should lock them in the closet and then we don't get any real thought of it we just get like hey Stacy let's go make the the basement look nice and throw them a party and then let's go up and get some like and then it's just happening we didn't even see him talk to Stacy about like let's lock our parents in the basement yeah, we didn't it, see, just it just happens one thing
2: the book said is don't argue in front of the children.
1: Did the
4: book also mention that I would always be the faultish? In- what?
2: Keep your voice down, my I
4: think they know there's something
2: wrong here, Janet. Just be quiet. <sighs> What's that?
4: I don't
0: know. Grover, what are you doing up there? Uh,
2: I'm nailing the door shut. There you
0: go. nailing the door shut. It's
2: just. It drives-
0: what? And it just happens. <laughs> yep. It's like, I feel like that, that scene there in the basement right before they locked him in there, I feel like, hey, this is some good drama. This is, you know, some important conversations going on here. You know, they're they're discussing, like... I don't know
1: the needs of your parents as individuals, seeing them as people. Yeah, and
0: like understanding like the difference. It's like, well, the parents feel like, oh, we just need some time apart, right? And the the kids like, well, maybe you guys need more time together because you're both workaholics. Yep. that was another thing in the '90s. Yes, <laughs> their
1: house was really big. They both needed to work good jobs, as
0: we've talked about with the dad guilt. A lot of overworked parents in the '90s. Mm-hmm. This is the generation of the latchkey kid. Yep, parents are always away. They're always apart. You know, they're always too busy working to connect with themselves between themselves and with the kids,
1: and you specifically know that these kids are latchkey kids because one, you see them come home after school all the time and uh and just be alone. And you see at the very beginning the mom saying, Hey, when you get home, there's a lasagna, do this, this, this. And then Stacy always wears a necklace with a key around her neck at every point, unless she's like in pajamas, she has literally a key hanging around her neck because they are home
0: alone all the time, right? So I'm like, I'm like, okay. They're presenting a very like legitimate, real family here with yeah. real problems, and they're discussing them. And it's just like, hey, I'm nailing the door shut, look, look, Grover, and then it becomes a cartoon, like immediately, and it, it falls apart.
2: You guys are gonna stay down there a while.
0: He's really
2: doing it. He's nailing the door shut. Grover, stop it, right?
0: Anything Do they work anything out, like in think, that night? Like that's that's the
1: that's very kid thinking. Like oh, just one night trapped in a room. To, you know they sleep in the same room, right? Like, They'll be fine. Wow. So no, they
0: don't. <laughs> they 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 don't. They fight and stuff like that. That's another thing. The movie even says like, hey, don't fight in front of the kids. Mm-hmm. Which I thought I was like that's that's a good line to put in there because yeah, you shouldn't fight in front of the kids. Yeah. And I'm sure that's what parents. Like, they read books about, like, you know, how to how to deal with your troubled marriage with the presence of kids.
1: Yeah. I think it's, like, important. Uh, hi, welcome to another episode of We Are Dinks, but we're going to talk about how to rear children. Um, I think there's, like, a lot of good in not, like, fighting in front of your kids, but, like, showing your children that, like, disagreements happen between two people who love each other and that they can be worked out like in a good healthy way, but like arguing and being petty and nasty passive aggressive is not good right for your kids or for you.
0: (laughs) Okay. So the movie is setting all this stuff up and then they get to the premise, which is like admittedly a cute premise. Hey, we're going to knock, we're going to lock the parents in the basement. We're going to ground them Mm -hmm. and they're going to deal with their problems. Like what crazy antics are going to happen But that's it. From that point forward, I feel like the movie does not do very well in executing that premise. Mm. It's very limited.
1: It's very one note. It's a one trick pony. It did the trick. It lied down.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's it. (laughs) So what happens next? Obviously, the parents don't work out their problems in that one night. The kids are like, nope, you're going to stay down there. Yeah. All weekend.
1: And then, yeah, because they locked them down there on a Thursday night thursdays are good days and then they he grover goes to school before they go to school he says stacy don't tell anyone which is fair also they live across the street from the retired police chief that'll come in handy at some point
0: um that's a tv trope his nosy old man neighbor
1: yes uh but this one has connections to the force um not that force uh he goes to school he keeps avoiding his friend his friend like corners him in the bathroom and is like Yo, what's up? And then he's like, you know, you told me to lock my parents in the closet. I did that, except in the basement, because I'm a little more humane. And then his school bully overhears him and say, great, good job. And then just shows up at his house later that day.
0: With all of their parents.
1: Um, Sort of. So first, Grover takes his friend, whose name I can't remember, even though like I really Ned. like it. I thought that was the dad's name.
0: Is it Matt?
1: <laughs> yes, Matt. So he takes uh, Matt to his house to see the door, and, the, and they're like, oh, oh, dear, this isn't going to work. But um, he was like, hey, you probably should, like... But he's, like, the techie kid, and he's like, you should definitely disconnect your doorbell so that they don't hear when someone comes and starts screaming, and then the jig is up. And then the school bully, TJ, whom I love, shows up at his house and is like, this wood door is not going to do much, and then installs a a great uh, screen door and puts it on so that just... He 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 makes it. He takes it from kidnapping to something worse. Yes. <laughs> um, like they reinforce the
0: door and mm-hmm. like he threatens them with electro, like, like yeah. electrical, a uh, taser of some sort. Yeah.
1: And then, um, and then leaves. And Grover's like, I don't understand why you're helping me. And he's like, Whatever. Gets Matt in his car, and then they go to round up their parents. Uh, and they
0: lock their parents in the basement alongside. And Grand now respect. we have six parents down there.
2: Wait a second, they can't stay here.
1: Look, it took over three hours getting them here. We ain't taking them back.
2: No, stop. You can't do this. Listen, dude, your parents aren't the only ones with problems, okay? My dad treats mom like dirt. Yeah, my dad's coming up on his second year with weeks. So what? So he always gets divorced on his second year. You know that. It's like clockwork. Come on, girls. We'll do some master group therapy on him. It'll be fun.
0: Master group therapy. With three couples, so what we're gonna do from here on out? We've we've talked about Grover's parents and how effective they were at discussing that family's problems. Mm-hmm. We're gonna look at each family individually and talk about the different parenting styles. Yeah, you know themes of divorce and parenting and dad guilt all present there in the '90s for you.
1: Yeah, we get the we get the full picture. Yeah, before. we have we four do.
0: very diverse families down there.
1: Yes, which we haven't introduced the fourth family. Do you want no, to do no, that? no, we'll do that okay. in a second.
0: Um, so. Which family do you want to talk about first? Um, Let's talk about the easiest one. Let's talk about Matt's family. Matt's family. So Matt Finley. (laughs) we got Mr. and Mrs. Finley down there. Mr. Finley is played by Wallace Shawn, the inconceivable guy. Inconceivable! That guy.
1: (laughs) Oh my gosh, please cut (laughs) that.
0: I'm uh, Victor
4: Finley, but everybody just calls me Vic. And I'm a salesman at uh, Buckeye Big and Tall. You know, if you're big and tall. And you want to look sporty, come on down to Buckeye and ask for Shorty.
2: Shorty. <laughs>
0: So all of those laughing kids that you hear are all of his kids. He's got three. He's got Matt, who is Grover's age. Mm-hmm, and he's mm-hmm. like this tech wizard. He, he video edits and does sound equipment. God. Yeah, he's got a bunch of sound equipment in his room and he helps like set up this like broadcasting system in their house. Yeah. Um, and then he has two little brothers. Mm-hmm. Are they twins? I don't know. I don't think so. They're very rowdy. And they might
1: be twins. They're probably fraternal. I think they're supposed to be fraternal. And they
0: bring their dog. Yeah. And so before I talk about Mr. and Mrs. Finley, I, this is a good excuse for me to talk about like what all of the kids are doing while the parents are down there trying to get their you know group therapy going on. <laughs> right? Trying to escape. They're also trying to escape, right? Because you're supposed to... like. You can't just, it's a kid's movie. You can't have the whole movie just be about the parents working through their issues. Right? right. And trying to escape their imprisonment. The kids have to do something. Right. But the kids are up there doing like nothing of consequence or importance. Yeah. Really. Yeah. The kids don't, like for half the movie, the kids don't do anything that's important to the mm-hmm. plot. What it is, is they're up there like the movie says, well, what, what would a bunch of rowdy kids do if there were no parents around? Well they'd throw wild par- you know, like not a wild party, but they'd eat a bunch of junk food and make a big old mess. And, yeah. You know, uh play football out in the back. <laughs> and it's like I think the movie is trying to show like wish fulfillment for children. It's like, oh, what would it be like if we didn't have any parents? Right. Right? Oh, how how awesome would that be? No rules, all fun all the time. Eat nothing but junk food. But it does it so poorly because it's it's not important. Yeah, yeah. And that's my least favorite part of the movie is... The things that
1: the kids are doing. Yeah. It's also gross. And you don't like... It's not gross. You just don't like the things that they cook.
0: They cook... They they all eat Hostess snack cakes, like, all the time. And they're always, like, stepping in, like, crumbs and...
1: Yeah. Okay, yeah, that would get under your
0: if You really do not like... Dirty things. <laughs> and they make, like, gross, like... What do they call them? It was, like, uh, like junk food burgers or something. Yeah.
1: They, like, put two kinds of cereal, marshmallow, chocolate syrup, um and then put them together like put it in make like a, a patty a <laughs> and
0: grilled it like it was a hamburger and then it was like here's your breakfast. And like that's disgusting and they make a big old mess and they're like they have a food fight. Do they have a food fight? I think I think I so. don't think they have a food fight. They definitely make a mess. Yes, they definitely make a mess. And then they there's they they all like they find the the champagne yeah, and they all try to drink it, and they spit it all over themselves. All
1: of them except the two, the twins, who are the twins and Stacy, who are definitely middle school slash elementary, elementary school. school aged. So the rest of them are technically high school students. They're like, yeah, yeah,
0: but we won't let you kids drink it. But yeah, they're spitting water, you know, champagne all over themselves, and yeah. it's just like disgusting. And that's the weakest aspect of the movie. And unfortunately, the movie, you know, diverts away from, I guess, the meaty conversations about divorce and parents so that they could be a kids movie. But the kids movie is like really dumb and lame.
1: So I hear you, but I wanna raise you like the times that we get Grover alone, right? Like, because the rest of the kids are there as like, my parents are annoying and you locked your parents up, so I'm gonna do that too, right? And t- it's important to know that this takes place over a weekend, right? They trap uh, Grover traps his fam- family on Thursday, Friday, the rest of the parents get brought in over, brought in over. So we've got Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And the movie's yep. over Sunday. Yep. Um and but like when all these people are here. Uh, And they've brought their parents and they're just messing around in his house, including his sister. Like, he goes to the library and is reading like marriage help books and stuff like that. Like, you don't see him like writing down notes and doing stuff. But there's also moments where he's like, he's being the push, like, no, we are literally doing therapy for our parents. Like, I get that you guys want to mess around, but I didn't kidnap my parents just because I wanted to like have a free weekend. I did it because they want to be free of each other, you know? So I think that, like, there's not enough moments that really sit on that, and that's, like, it could be a better movie if you do that,
0: but... I feel like the movie's trying to make it seem like, oh, yeah, Grover's growing as well. He's becoming an adult. Like, he's learning, he's, you know, learning to parent in his own way, you know, because he has to take charge and round up all these kids and make sure that they're focused. But it, it doesn't do a very good job. yeah. And it makes me not care about Grover. I just like, you know, it's just like a dumb kid's thing. Yeah. There's like no heart. I don't feel the heart. I do. All right, let's, go the, <laughs> let's go back to the Finleys here. So we okay. re- we met Mr. Finley. Let's meet his wife, Louise, Mrs. Finley.
2: <laughs> oh, uh, hi. Um, I'm Louise
4: Finley. And I am a, a part-time cosmetologist at Stang's Pharmacy. And I'm... I'm Vic's full-time audience. <laughs> yes? Well, I'm always getting standing ovations, especially in bed.
1: <laughs> Why'd you have to keep that whole clip? It makes me so uncomfortable.
0: <laughs> I was like, well, Sean is a sexual being, apparently.
1: <laughs> Do you, bro. Stop. Stop. Don't ruin that picture in my mind. Anyway, um, Okay. <laughs> Ugh. so the thing so the reason why why is maddie brought his dad down here we heard it in the clip but do you want to explain it's it
0: because they're he's they're coming up <laughs> on the second year of marriage between mm-hmm. uh you know
1: I, what is what is dad and
0: louise dad and Louis, wallace and louise <laughs> thelma and louise nope um it's their second year of marriage and apparently uh mr finley has a uh Tradition to get divorced after the second year. Not like purposefully. It's just happened more than once. Yes.
1: Yeah, so like he has. It's Matt and then the twins, uh, and they both have different parents, and then are different moms. Um, and then it's louis so he's obviously can so the the thing with this family is like he isn't concerned he doesn't dislike his like it's very easy to have written like oh i hate my stepmom or anything like they get along with her like yeah. they like her and stuff they like her enough that they're like i'm afraid my dad is going to repeat what he always repeats and i can't handle another divorce and i really like louis you know like that says a lot because like he's had his own mom and a second mom a se- uh, and another stepmom and this is his
0: second stepmom and he's like I don't want my dad to divorce her, but it's they're down there, and it's so clear that they have no problems. Like they have a very loving, happy marriage. Like sh- they love each other. Yeah. Like you know, Mister Finley's a goof, and he's telling a bunch of jokes, and like she's just laughing. And like I love your dad jokes. I love them.
1: <laughs> I'm with you because I'm going I love to you. feed
0: you, you weird man.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know it is very like their only like thing. Like she has a moment where she's just like, "Your kids don't think of me as There's- their
0: mom." Two moments where mm-hmm. like their their issue, whatever, their arc or whatever uh-huh. are shown up. It's like two scenes or two lines even, mm-hmm. right? And that's where I was like, you guys could have developed this a little bit more, but it's mm-hmm. like nothing. It's like yeah. two lines and I've got them both. So at the beginning of the movie, Grover is at Matt's, Matt's house, house because they're making that video for their parents for their mm-hmm. anniversary. And Luis comes in and is you know trying to round up the kids for school.
2: Teddy, Jimmy, you're going to be late for school. I don't think it's going to work. Yeah, it will. I wish. Hi, kids. Hi, Mrs. Finley. Finley. Would you get to rest? You can't make us. Yeah, you're not a real mom.
0: (laughs) You're not a real mom. (laughs) Which, you're supposed to remember that, Mm -hmm. like, as a thing, that Mrs. Finley, but I think that's poor screenwriting because... The movie starts with Grover, who's definitely the main character, talking to the camera, explaining that he's going to show you what happened Mm -hmm. last summer or whatever. Um, And so I'm like, okay, Grover's the main character. And then we're at Matt's house and Matt's mom comes in. And I'm expecting not to have to care about Matt's mom Mm -hmm. because Grover's the main character, not Matt. So I missed this line until I was getting these clips. (laughs) I didn't think it was all that important, so it just went over my head. I was like, I, "This is this is unimportant to me."
1: Yeah, I think that's really interesting because I don't even remember that line. Like the li- only line I remember f- that uh, happened in our house is like when their dad is on the phone with one of his previous wives, and he's just like, "How am I? How
0: do I owe you child support? I have the kids." Child support. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah. So you're it's. I had fully did not expect, I should have known better because, Wallace Sean's a, you know, he's a notable actor, but mm-hmm. I should have known, but I didn't think I was ever going to see these characters again mm-hmm. until that's they fair. show up at the house <laughs> in the basement. Um, and then we get a minor scene, which I like this scene and I wish there was more of it, but like they have a conversation about why Louise is sad mm-hmm. and she's like worried about getting her cigarette. She's also in for a cigarette, but that's yeah, true. I-
4: just, just hang out a little longer, honey. I mean, uh, when we get out of here, I'm gonna buy you a whole truckload of cigarettes. No, it's, no, it's, it's not that. Well, what is it then? It just, it just must be nice to have kids who care about you as much as theirs do. What are you talking about? My kids love you. You see, it's your kids. I mean, they don't think of me as their mother. They don't even want me as their mother. Well, of course they do. Why do you think they locked you in here?
0: He's got a point. Yeah. And I was like, and he's like, that that's an interesting angle. You know, this isn't your stereotypical, like, oh, we, we hate our evil stepmom situation. It's like, no, she's a great person. Yeah. And she loves your dad and they, he loves her and they have a very really wonderful relationship.
1: Yeah. I can see, like, the twins being less, like, part of the decision because they're just like, our brother took us here and our parents. But, like, that's because they're at that age. But, like, they do want her to be there, you yeah, know? So yeah. I was like, yeah, it was very beautiful. It's like a very like nice little gem tucked in all the dirt.
0: <laughs> yeah. But it's like, it, it's su- super undeveloped. And that's, what's frustrating. Cause I was yeah. like, I want more of these type of scenes. Like mm-hmm. I, this was my favorite scene in the movie. I think. <laughs> was this maybe the talk when they're with Grover and his family, when they're, when they're eating cake and right before they lock him in the basement. Mm-hmm. But like you get all of this is buried under, you know, like mess jokes and junk yeah. food and, Kids screaming,
1: yeah. It does have a a nice little resolution a little bit later when, like, Matt is down there and uh, the next family will talk. The dad of the Matt, like, was grabbing him and she, like, pulls him down the stairs, like, get off my child, and he's like, thanks, mom, and leaves. And she's like, (laughs) he called me mom, he called me
0: mom because he does call her Louise for most of the movie, yeah. So that you know, it's a nice. Bare bones. It's a skeleton of an arc. Yeah. It could have been a good. It, it is, could have been good. Could have been good. That's could important. have been better. It was good, but could it have, was. Could have been way better.
1: There was a lot of murk on that shine.
0: Yeah. That's the problem with this movie as a whole. It's like there's an interesting, you know, it's very interesting premise, mm-hmm. good foundation, but they don't build anything on it. Yeah. Falls yeah. apart.
1: It's like too many characters and not enough time. Yeah. I think that's why it feels more like a TV movie, movie yeah. than anything else. Because, like, I've definitely seen movies that, like, concentrate on. Other like groups of people and make everyone feel fleshed out.
0: Right. A better screenwriter could have done better, you know. Yeah. A, a, a rewrite even. Yeah, I was
1: like, I would see I would see another version of this. Yeah. But
0: anyway, let's move on to the next family. The Krups. <laughs> so we talked about um TJ, the bully. Right? Like TJ. Do you want to talk about TJ or his parents first, I guess? Because we really haven't talked too much about TJ. I I feel like TJ's parents inform. No,
1: no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I, I think they're like really like intertwined. TJ's I think TJ is the strongest character in He's
0: this. De- he has the most you can you can infer more most about him, but the movie, again, that's we had to put the effort into that. Yeah. The movie doesn't do a good job of explaining TJ's character. Um, we have to analyze him.
1: Yeah. It's a lot of it's not done like in dialogue. A lot of it is just like, you can see the body language. You can see how he's reacting to how his mother and father are interacting and how other people, you know, like it's, it's very easy to parse out when you're watching it, which is why he's my favorite character.
0: But I don't think that was all on the page. Yeah. It's definitely like maybe the director and maybe the actor, like putting his own spin on it. Yeah. Let's talk about TJ then first. Okay. TJ He's introduced as Grover's bully. Yeah. Like he pushes him down and laughs at him, and he's got his own group of like punk friends that he hangs around with. Right. And then all of a sudden, after he overhears Grover's plan about locking his parents in the basement, uh, he just shows up at the house and is now all buddy buddy with everybody. It it takes a minute, but not a very long minute. It seems very strange, like very different from the character he was at the beginning of the movie. Like he like stuffs Grover in a trash can early in the movie. Yes. And then later on, like, he's, like, kissing him on the cheek and, you know, just being a big goof.
1: But, like, if it's with his character um, that I can infer uh, that he would... Because it can be, right? Like, the idea, like, it's a day between him being, like, bully and him being buddy-buddy. But when when we talk about how his parents and how he, like, reacts to that, it's very easy to see that even if he enjoys something, he's learned to, like, not present that like to have like a hard cover on top because his dad is his dad right and like that's how he protects himself right sure kind of it's thing. a defense mechanism I, yeah. get, I
0: get that why he's a bully but also like I don't know he's very quick to just like get rid of the facade and just be a big like charismatic goof mm-hmm. <laughs> you know he's very flamboyant and like performative, you know, yeah. very quickly. He's very, very
1: much a theater kid. But <laughs> I, I
0: got a clip of, like, him being the tough enforcer type. Because that's okay. the role he plays. Yeah, he's
1: the enforcer in this movie.
2: Everyone is going to participate, Dad. And why is that, son? <laughs>
1: because if you don't, we won't feed you. And then... Well, then we'll shut off the water. It means once you flush that toilet,
2: your drinking water's gone. You wouldn't. Of course he wouldn't. Oh, yes, we would,
0: so yeah, he's, you know, threatens them with tasers. Yep. He threatens to shut off their water. He's yep. just like a tough guy. Mhm. But also he's just a weird goof. Yeah. <laughs> who likes to prance around and
1: <laughs> He does. He, he like, actually he...
0: takes like really good care of the younger kids. He puts on like a robe and like has a pipe and it's just <laughs> like, you know, just being a just goofy kid. Yeah. Uh but you you heard it, you heard his father there. Mm-hmm. You know, we we infer that the reason TJ is the way he is is because his father is
1: kind of a jerk
0: he's uh, what's, what's his name here
1: <laughs> his real name or the name you always call him
0: so it's Donald and Gwenna Krupp and Donald Krupp is played by Christopher McDonald who's Shooter McGavin from <laughs> Happy Gilmore like he is the quintessential 80s 90s douche yeah like punchable face mean uh, so we, we meet them
4: yes I'm Donald Krupp, attorney at law. And I want you kids to know that you are guilty of kidnapping. Under Ohio Revised Code Section 2905.01, this is an aggravated felony of the first degree.
2: Second degree under the revised code. Gwenna, I'm talking. Now, Mrs. Krupp, what were you saying? Uh, Gwenna Krupp, homemaker.
0: So, Mr. Krupp is a... Piece of Krupp. Piece (laughs) of... Piece of crap. (laughs) He is very assertive and mean, cruel.
1: I feel like assertive is too positive a word. (laughs) He's very aggressive and mansplaining and cruel.
0: (laughs) He's got he's got that type A personality. He's an attorney, you know. He's like. He's, just, he's a huge jerk. Yeah. He's Shooter McGavin. Like, yeah. that guy gets typecast as this type of character. I hope he's a
1: wonderful person in real life, and I'm sorry that my husband said you have a punchable face.
0: That's what it is.
1: No. But, no, I think, like, even, sorry, I, I want to talk about their, their marriage. Um, But I will say, even in that moment, right, you can't see this the audio podcast, go watch the movie, or don't. Um, Like, in that moment when his dad snaps at his mom and says, like, basically to shut up, TJ's whole body stiffens and he turns away and he like looks annoyed, but you see him like, you know, like it's things like that where I'm just like, "Mm."
0: and you can tell TJ loves his mom. Yes. Because his mom is like this sweet old lady.
1: Yeah. She's she's not
0: old. I don't know. She's just a sweet woman who like, she's a homemaker. She just hangs out at home and it's just like,
1: oh, hi TJ. What are you doing? No, literally when, when they're kidnapping him. Right. So first he goes to his dad and goes into his dad's office. His dad is. Feeding chocolates to a woman, his it's secretary de- or something. definitely an induendo. and he's like, hi, Miss Robinson, and she scuttles away, like, and she's-, say, she's hi tell to your,
0: your, w- say hi to your husband for me. Right. I will.
1: <laughs> and, like, like, this is an, a normal occurrence for him to walk in on his dad with a woman in his lap- Feeding her something, and he kidnaps him. But when he goes to kidnap his mom, (laughs) he goes. He basically is like, "Oh, we're doing an experiment for um, sociology. sociology. It's a sociology experiment." She's like, "Okay, honey, how are you doing in that class? How about like and just asking." They're just like roping her up, talking to her calmly, and he's, like, being very gentle with her. You know, like, I don't know how they got the attorney out of his office (laughs) with black hooded and all that stuff, but, like, you can tell that he really, like, loves and cherishes his mom, and he does not think highly of his father whatsoever. Yeah, he's,
0: like, he hates that his father treats his mom like dirt.
1: Yeah. That's what he said. And he does, right? Like, there are other occasions where you can see their, uh, the Krupp's relationship, um, and he's always cutting her off, right? like, and at one point, um, like you, you heard her like jump in there. So it's like, actually, under the revised law, it's da, da, da. like, she has stuff to say. She is bright. She
0: was obviously studied law. And you find out that they were both lawyers and they were both planning law to go students. to law school. Yeah, they were going to go to law school together, but they didn't have enough money when they started dating. So she stopped going to school to make money so that he could go to school. Yep. She deferred to him. Yep. And this is the way he treats her
1: yeah you know like and i think that that's gross
0: <laughs> yeah it's, you know it's a very i was again it's like a great foundation for a great character study i guess you know mm-hmm. good characterization set up but they don't pay it off very well
1: yeah because i think like people do do that right like yeah, they, they yeah. drop out of school to support the person that they love x y and z um and there's nothing wrong with that if it is a mutual thing and you're talking about it. Like, we talk about stuff like that in our relationship. It's just like, I don't want to be doing this. <laughs> can you make a lot of money so I can do something else? <laughs> and and we're like, you know, if it's within our ability, we do. But we do it for us, right? And we always check in to see uh, if we're all feeling comfortable with this. But, like, it also just kind of seems like even if... I can't even remember her name. The mom. Buena. Even if Gwenna like... Did feel bad about... Or like, wasn't feeling the most comfortable. She didn't speak up. Like, she... she was just like, no, it's it's fine. The struggle's fine. The toilet's fine. Because he's gonna be happy. And she, and she, she like... She shuts off. She shuts her own needs off and her yeah. own desires off so that she can be, like, this perfect little homemaker, which is... There's nothing wrong with being a homemaker if that's what you want to do.
0: But you need to stand and up And you have for respect for it. Like, yeah. and you,
1: you... And people respect you for it. I... Sorry. But
0: she doesn't have respect for herself, and that's the problem. Like, you... The movie... Again, very weakly, at least like shows a character arc where she learns to step stand up for herself
1: mm-hmm. a little bit, yeah,
0: but in like a very childlike way, her standing up for herself is to throw cake at her husband, like, yeah, or shove cake in his face, like stop interrupting me,
1: yeah, and that comes from some but that also comes from someone else standing up for like allowing her to see like that nah. <laughs>
2: you wow. know a lot of people don't dress their age phil donahue did a whole show Great. about no the one version. wants to hear
0: about phil donahue right now why
2: are you always interrupting her all the time
0: well, i don't think i always how would you her. like
2: it if somebody interrupted you every time you started to talk
4: well like i said i don't think i don't I'd think always... you
2: respect her very much
4: respect
0: She's just my wife of course i respect her for god's sakes
2: well well actually donald you do well, no, i'm her.
0: talking and i will say one of the, i feel like i i i've this in troubled marriages it's like the husband and the wife need to respect each other. Yeah. If there's not a mutual respect, there's gotta be problems.
1: You're quoting pride and prejudice. I just want you to know.
0: Am I? Oh. <laughs> okay, well, there you
1: go. <laughs> but it's the truth. You know,
0: like um, if- Mr. Bingley. <laughs> or no, <laughs> Mr. Bennett.
1: No, he uh, definitely there was definitely no mutual respect in their <laughs> life in their marriage. But no, you're right. Like, I a hundred percent agree. Like, there needs to be respect on both both sides. Otherwise, like what that's that's why like this is surprise surprise kids this is the marriage that we don't think should have continued to be at the end of this movie they should have definitely got divorced um, I think TJ would have been a happier kid for it you know yeah like, I feel like because some, how do you I'm so sorry
0: I was like some marriages I was like they're, if they're not if they're not gonna work they they don't work he's already proven to the, like they, they I feel like they don't mend at the end of the movie very well
1: they don't like how do you how do you expect to like. How can you say, I respect my wife. I just had another woman in my lap two days ago. Like, you know? And I think you're right. Like, just talking about the ending, their resolution, quote-unquote resolution, um, they're practicing law together. They have their own, like, law firm, and she's at his office. So now, like, even when you see that, like, then, like, uh like, yeah, he can't have his flings in his office
0: anymore because she's there. And, like, the movie is, like, and if... If he tries anything, she knows that she could just, you know, kick him to the curb. And I'm like, that's not healthy. No. It's not healthy. Mm -mm. You guys should separate. Yes. And I think that's that's an interesting thing about all these movies from the 90s where it's like the goal is to get the parents back together, you know, fix the divorce. It's Mm -hmm. like, I want to be honest, I think like in some circumstances, divorce isn't a bad thing, especially if the foundation wasn't good to start with, like-
1: yeah, or if the foundation is just rotted cuz sometimes yeah, it's good, it just goes wrong. And I do want to say like she probably like it, taking this to like the real world, she probably couldn't have divorced. She's been a homemaker for how long? Mm. She doesn't have money under her name. She doesn't have an account separate from her she husband. She used him to
0: get that that law degree. So once once she gets that law law degree, you know.
1: Then she can go, but like before that, like she would have to like do what? Move in with her parents, still go back to waiting tables until she could um go until she could afford law school again? No. Not while also taking care of a a, a child. You, you know, like, so realistically, she would have no choice but to stay with him. But the movie doesn't talk about the it. The movie doesn't talk about it.
0: <laughs> That's why I was like, we are finding more interesting the things to talk about than the movie bothers to.
1: Yeah. That's what's frustrating. It would be a very different movie. It is it's closer to the kind of movies I watched, like, mid-2000s on. Just super depressing.
0: We'll get there. (laughs) All right, but you heard her voice confronting Mr. Krupp there in that last clip. There is another. There is a fourth parent, uh, or uh, you know, another parent who is locked in the basement late in the movie, Mm -hmm. and that is Mrs. Figler. Now, Mrs. Figler is the mom to who? Jennifer Love Hewitt. So Jennifer Love Hewitt plays a character named Brooke, and Brooke is like Grover's like crush. Yes, school crush. Uh huh. And uh, Grover just so happens to be at the library. Researching
1: uh, how to make his parents better.
0: And he sees her at the library crying. And I guess they say, hey, I got a plan. What, you know Why are you crying? Oh, you have a problem with your mom? Well, let's lock her in the basement too.
1: Yeah. He wasn't for this plan of adding more people until a hot girl was crying in front of him. Hey, guys. Hey.
2: Um, everything okay?
0: Everything right. is just <laughs> Well, um,
2: uh, listen, I brought some company. Um I think I think we can help her.
0: Hi. There in comes Jennifer Love Hewitt. And they lock her mother, Mrs. Figler, played by Jennifer Tilly in the in the basement. Yeah. Now, t- describe m- m- Mrs. Figler.
1: She's pretty. She's young. That's
0: it. So, <laughs> she she has very childlike qualities, which yes. one I'll play the clip, and then I'll talk about it, I guess.
2: Is this a PTA meeting? Mom. Brooke, don't call me mom. I have a name. What is it? What is it? Cindy. Thank you.
4: Fresh meat. Excuse
2: me. Uh, what seems to be the problem here? <laughs> We've been kidnapped, honey. <laughs> oh, yeah. My name is Gwen, oh, and this is my husband's
0: So Mrs. Figler, Miss. Uh, Miss Figler, <laughs> Her problem is that she is trying too hard to connect with her daughter.
1: Yeah, you know, like, I honestly feel like she, they don't address it, but she's, I think she's a young mom. I think she probably got pregnant at 14, 15.
0: It seems that way, but again, they don't touch on it. Yeah. And so she is dressed like a teenager, um, and uh, according to Brooke, talks like her, and it's like trying to like, you know, honey, you need to refer to me by my first name. Yeah. One, I want to say, like, this movie has proved to me how great of an actress uh, Jennifer Tilly is. Because <laughs> in this movie, she's acting like a little girl. She looks like one. Mm-hmm. Just a year later, she stars in the film Liar, Liar with Jim Carrey. Which and we will she, not talk about. She's, she plays, like, a femme fatale, like, <laughs> Gold woman, digger. Woman. Yeah. Yeah, like, very different. Like, one year separation. She mm-hmm. was probably filming both movies around the same time. She looks like a completely different person. That's like ten year difference. Yeah, in, in like maturity. And I'm like, wow, Jennifer Tilly is like the best actress ever. <laughs> it's like she's she completely transforms herself for the role. She did a good job. Yeah. So and I'm like, so that's really the only reason why Mrs. Figler is in the basement. Which I
1: think is like such an an interesting thing to throw in there because. With all the problems of everyone in there, like she's a single mom, <laughs> you know. So I think that it's not about divorce. It's not like at this point, it's not about fixing their marriage. For her, it's not about fixing. Them. It's just I don't like who you are, mom. Which the problem with this statement is nobody, Jennifer or Brooks' age, likes how their parents are. Was you like, just, just predisposed to dislike.
0: Yeah, it. Th- this is another failing of the movie. Like, what's what's what do they expect Mrs. Figler to do down there? Like the the other point is like. All the other parents are down there with their their spouse. The point is like you know to reconnect with your spouse. Like you're locked down there, so you have to love each other. This okay. Figgler is like just there. Oh my gosh, what if what happened is the
1: couple that was going to get divorced? Uh, now Ned is like, oh, that's a I'm on the market now. Let's date. Like that would have been a different movie. Like what what problems could you have? Ch- like if your parents like were not working or if some of them were having an affair, which I mean obviously the crook was. Um and it's just like she was the one who was in the affair. Think of what a different movie this could have been. I'm sorry. My brain just <laughs> went off. I was we're, just like yikes.
0: We're just coming up with better ideas because the movie didn't do it.
1: <laughs> but yeah, like the movie expects her to act her age or something like that and I think that like that's not fair. Like I think that there there are some like I don't know. I think there's some it's hard for me because I think that I don't act my age. Like, what is my age supposed to be? I, yeah. I, I'm, I'm 32. Am I 32?
0: Am I 31? I'm 32. And what
1: is that supposed to look like?
0: Yeah, like it's not clear. The, the movie doesn't do a good job, especially yeah. with this character. It's like, what is this?
2: Um, I'm Cindy Figler. I'm a dental hygienist by day, and I'm a performance artist by night. Mom, you're a waitress. Brooke. I am not a waitress. You know, I get up and perform those pieces. I only serve coffee between sets. Anyhow, I think it's way cool that you kids have chosen to share your feelings with us. God, she's doing oh. it again. What? Your mom's a She's talking like me. I can't stand it. What? I think we should all hold hands.
1: Mom, please. I think they're throwing some new agey stuff in there to make her weird. Not, And it's not that new agey stuff is weird, but they're like skewing it as weird. But I was like, she sounds the most together. I'm a single mom. I'm working and I'm still going after my dream while raising my child who's not dropped out of school, who is doing well.
0: Screw you. <laughs> and all the other kids are like, your mom's awesome. And I'm like, yeah, she's the the only problem is I the only thing I can label her is like she needs to communicate a little better with her daughter as far as like identifying what her daughter needs. Yeah. It's like, hey, my daughter tells me that she doesn't want me to like talk to her in a certain way or or like, hey, mom, can you I don't know, just maybe establish some boundaries. Like, hey, mom, don't hang out with me and my friends. Like sometimes we need a little distance sometimes.
1: And that I totally get, right? Where I'm just like, maybe don't, maybe don't. Yeah, you're the cool mom. My friends like you, but I also would like my friends to like me for me, please. Yeah. But there's some stuff like the like, just sitting your daughter down like, baby, this is how I talk. And you're going to have to be okay. Like if it feels like akin to when people are like, don't talk to me in like, mom, don't talk to me in Spanish. I don't want people to know I speak Spanish. Like it's that thing. And I can understand where the kid is coming from. But like, there's some things that you just got to like, No. Yeah, I'm
0: going to side with the parent on this one, not the the adult, like not the teenager. Exactly.
1: Where it's just like, honey, this is how I talk. Like, there's like, I use meme words in my, like, sometimes I'm hanging out, I'm not hanging out with teens. Sometimes I'm with friends that have children that are teenaged and I'll say something because I'm on TikTok far too often and they'll be like, how do you know our language? And I'm just like, okay, you know, like, it's fine. You know, like, we live in a world that is the internet, so it's fine, but- so, mm, mm, I don't know. So, um, Brooke had a lot more issues. Brooke, they do need counseling. They do need family counseling. Yes. <laughs> the two of them. My dad's pretty stubborn, you know?
2: Yeah, so is ours. You know, your mom's been handling this the best of all. Yeah, well, she should. She's been in therapy since the day I was born. Well, it worked. I, she's always been the most popular mom on the block, and that was okay when I was seven, but I now she wants to, like, Go and hang out with me and my friends, or worse, go out with us. wish
1: you she learned to stay out of my life.
0: That sounds like a you problem, Brooke.
1: That is definitely a Brooke problem. I'm sorry. Your mom probably needed to be in therapy since you were born because you were born young and the dad wasn't around, so I can only think about how that happened. Brooke, baby, in, in 10 years, you're going to have talks with your mom and you're going to feel real bad. <laughs> like... Oh, when you become a woman and understand the struggle,
0: bro. <laughs> All I could say is like, the only thing is like, hey, lay out some ground rules and some boundaries. Yes. Boundaries are important for every relationship. Yes. Every, every, you know, every, every type of relationship. Mm-hmm. Lay down some boundaries. Mm-hmm. That's it. It's like, hey mom, can we establish some boundaries? Uh, I, I would prefer to like, you know, give me the independence to hang out with my friends by myself. It's like mm-hmm. there, I would love to spend time with you still, you know, and we can still do that, but you need to allow me to have some independence you know, right, and that's fine. And then Brooke's mom could say, "Brooke, I want you to respect my occupation." Yeah, it's like I'm a dental hygienist. I, you know, put bun, I put food on the table. I want to do what makes me happy. This is my creative outlet. Support right. me, right? I'm like, that's all they need to do. They don't need. No one needs to be locked in a closet here. No.
1: Be <laughs> like Brooke. I'll stop buying you cute clothes. <laughs>
0: Yeah, man. And that's really the the four families, and the movie doesn't do anything beyond what we talked about. Really? That's it. Yeah. It's like we talked about the Borton stuff, and the rest is like fluff.
1: Yeah. I mean, they get out, just so you know. Yeah.
0: Kid (laughs) kid related antics, and like, you know, the parents trying to escape the basement, you know, climb up through the laundry chute, or, you know, pick their way through the concrete. (laughs) Mm-hmm. While Sean gets stuck in a hole, <laughs> you know it's like the, the the police chief across the street's trying to you know find Suss out, out what's, what's going happening. On. It's just goof like the goofy stuff you would expect from this premise. Yeah, and there's like no meat behind it because, as we said, it's all bare bones. Like, you know, yeah, we've already chewed on that bone. You know,
1: <laughs> <laughs> we've gnawed to get some kind of nutrients.
0: Yeah, uh, so that's that's house arrest. If you care to watch the movie and figure out how all of these relationships are. Resolved? Yeah, you can. Yeah. I believe the movie's free on YouTube in like 20 parts.
1: Yeah, is that how we watched it?
0: No, we, I mean, we, wa- we watched it on Amazon. Exactly. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, if you want to watch it for free, I think it's all on YouTube for free <laughs> in many different parts. <laughs> you can do it. Would you recommend it?
1: Honestly, yeah. I think it's... <laughs> your face, rude. I think it's a fine movie. Like, it's not anything to write home about, but it's like... I'd watch it again, like it's not one of those nostalgia like movies that I've watched and I was like, oh, I remember loving this movie. And then I watch it, and nostalgia can't make up for how bad it is. Like this is still a fine movie in my in my opinion.
0: It's not embarrassingly bad. Like yeah. this isn't a movie I would dread having to watch again. But I wouldn't recommend it. Like it's just like it's very mediocre. Like very. I wouldn't not recommend
1: it. I'm like if you're doing a movie nights where you're just like kids in cahoots this would i would i
0: guess so yeah (laughs) (laughs) but it's yeah i was like it's not horrible i wouldn't say you know steer clear of it for you know for any reason but like it's just i wouldn't like say oh this is a must see was like no it's not it's really not yeah it's not good excuse you your movie's not good (laughs) oh but that yeah let's talk about how this movie received because uh it, it was not good. <laughs> it was not great. The critics said not good. <laughs> All right, a box at the box office. House arrest grossed just over seven million dollars against a five million dollar budget. So financial success, yay. Technically, because I think with with films, you have to. They don't factor in the marketing budget. I can't imagine this movie had a large marketing budget. So I don't think it was double its production budget. But it might have lost a little bit of money on the marketing. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, That's that. Uh, The film was ravaged by critics. Variety magazine called it, quote, a tepid and repetitious comedy.
1: I mean, okay.
0: (laughs) It it does meander. Yeah. It very much meanders. Gene Siskel of the Chicago Tribune gave the film zero out of four stars and called the film, quote, one of the year's worst movies. At least I hope so, or it's going to be a very bad year. (laughs) It's rude. It's very rude. And a review by the Virginian Post boasted this headline, socially irresponsible house arrest isn't funny. (laughs) It's like, that's
1: it. I mean, it wasn't funny. It's not funny and it is
0: socially irresponsible because these kids would like, you don't advocate this behavior by children. No. Don't lock your parents in the basement.
1: Lock them in a closet. Keep it in the closet. (laughs) Goodness.
0: Uh, Despite the negative reviews, though, many reviewers noted the strength of the cast, Mm -hmm. which I do agree with. Uh, the Radio Times said, quote, The performances of both adults and youngsters are uniformly strong, and despite the occasional invasion of sentimentality, this makes for thoughtful entertainment. Because that was like, the whole cast does an okay job. They all do fine. Like, there's nobody in the movie I would say, oh, they're horrible. They're a horrible actor or actress. Yeah, even the dog was good. Yeah, like, good animals. <laughs> there's a <laughs> snake in there. So it's like, yeah, that that's, the movie is bad despite the strong cast. Mm-hmm. Uh South Florida Sun Sentinel said, quote, Between the Laughs beats a serious theme about real victims of in families pulled apart by a lack of intimacy and the threat of divorce. So at least somebody said, Hey, you know, this movie's trying to say something.
1: Yeah. And we saw the things that I was trying to say. We yeah. had to dig.
0: <laughs> yeah, it wasn't saying them very effectively. <laughs> yeah but they tried. They tried. And th- you can I think you can, you know, recommend it for that. Mm. And uh, Kyle Howard, who played Grover, was nominated for a Young Artist Award for Best Performance in a Feature Film Leading Young Actor. So, good job, Grover. Good job, Grove. And as far as the legacy of House Arrest, uh, there's not anything, <laughs> nothing. <laughs> like, as far as like there like there's no sequel, you know, like there's no soundtrack album. If there was, I would have been able to find the freaking Sesame Street punk. cover that they played the movie there's a there's a scene did you just rip it from here no i couldn't find it
3: Mm. there's a
0: scene in the movie where they're like the kids are you know messing up the house and they play a punk version of the sesame street theme song and i can't find it anywhere why
1: didn't you just rip it straight from the file from the movie
0: because there's talking over it
1: oh well i mean we could still play it no
0: no Oh, uh, yeah. So what I did was I got the legacy of uh, some of the the uh, like, you know, the like players, the creative players in the movie, you know the writer, director, and stuff like that. So in July 1997, Reicher Entertainment closed its film unit due to underperforming box office sales. And this movie was one of those.
1: So they didn't reach the five that they were trying to do? They did. They uh, did release
0: the five, but after that, they had to just shut down their entire film division because Reicher. it wasn't enough. Um, I think there was a space movie that they made that lost, like, so much money. Space Camp? No, it wasn't <laughs> that one. But it was like, yeah, the budget was just too high, and it made no money. Mm. So, I don't think House Arrest, like, lost all that much money. But, you know, the Reichers under other uh, releases did. Uh, though director Harry Weiner has stayed busy as a TV director and producer through his production company, Smash Media, House Arrest was his last theatrical effort. He did and, an okay job. <laughs> and Michael Hitchcock has gone on to bigger and better things, writing and producing television shows like Mad TV, Glee, and Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. And with House Arrest being his first true acting credit, Hitchcock has since launched a prolific acting career as well. Like he gets more work as an actor than he does as a TV like writer, director, or producer. What does he look like? I'm trying he's to. He's one of the, in, in House Arrest. He's one of the cops. He's the white cop. <laughs>
1: I'm trying to in my head. I was like, "Wait, was did he write on Glee, or was he in Glee? No, he
0: produced Glee. Okay, <laughs> and I think he write it. He wrote and directed Glee as well. Got I mean, it. He might have been in
1: Glee. That, that's why I was like, "Who in this like n- not not an adult <laughs> Glee? Is a, oh, I mean, obviously they were all adults playing high school students, <laughs> but then also I was like, "Crazy rich girl? What? Not crazy rich girlfriend? Crazy ex girlfriend?
0: In Glee, he played a in season one a rival Glee club director named Dalton Roomba.
1: Okay. Hey, Dalton. Roomba.
0: <laughs> this just what it said. And that's House Arrest. Yay! So instead of the punk version of Sesame Street, which I couldn't find, we're going to close out with the Captain and Tennille song, Love Will Keep Us Together, which was Grover's parents' song. It played during their wedding video or whatever. Lame. Yep. So we're going to close out with that, and uh, we'll be back after the break with my movie of 1996.
2: will be back so don't you
4: budge what do you do when your parents have problems my parents are getting separated
2: hang on dad you
4: oh. ground them
2: what you guys are gonna stay down there a while
4: now everyone's gonna do it
2: you take your dad i'll take mine
4: <gasps> <gasps> till their parents learn a lesson
2: <gasps> this is great <laughs> yeah. uh-huh. okay kid come out
4: with your hands up <gasps> house arrest
3: it's mom <gasps> Rated PG. Starts Wednesday, August 7th.
0: We are back. We're coming in with the song "Backdoor Santa" by Clarence Carter. It's a song about a man dressed as Santa who has sex with every woman in the neighborhood while their husbands are away. And I'm not joking.
5: <laughs> what? I did not know that.
0: <laughs> um, Christmas. Hey, so it, surprise! It's a Christmas episode. <laughs> you didn't know this episode goes live in December. Um, And we did this on purpose. That's why we we took a long break, kids. We we organized (laughs) it so that in December, our movie episode will cover my film of 1996. Um, But before we introduce this movie, we have a special guest. Our first guest on MediaMade. That very. is, we'll explain why it's appropriate. My little sister, Carly.
5: Hi. I'm super (laughs) excited to be here. A little nervous, but excited because I love this movie more than almost any movie
1: (laughs) I just realized how unfair this is going to be I'm going to have two. you guys mm, don't gang up on me
0: (laughs) so um, Carly generally when we start a new year we're we're, we started a new year 1996 we ask each other where were you in the year
5: 1996 um I was coming into the world
0: More specifically, where were you Christmas Eve 1996?
5: I was in the hospital in my mother's stomach coming out. <laughs> at, at 1:28 in the afternoon, I I joined this world on Christmas
1: Eve. There you go. Christmas Eve baby. H-
0: happy birthday. <laughs> yep. So I I said in the segment 1, I said that where was I in 96 when well, I became a big brother. Oh. <laughs> But, okay, so my uh, my movie, and I assume Carly's movie as well, the movie you've seen the most from 1996, am I correct?
5: Yeah, probably just my life in general. (laughs) Yes, right?
0: (laughs) Released November 22nd, 1996, written by Randy Kornfeld, directed by Brian Levant, starring Arnold Schwarzenegger, Sinbad, Phil Hartman, Rita Wilson, and little Jake Lloyd. That is Jingle All the Way. So Jingle All the Way, it's a film that stars Arnold Schwarzenegger as a put-upon father. He's a workaholic father. Uh, not our first in Media made. um, Who at Christmas Eve needs to get one special toy for his son Jamie. And what is that toy? A Turbo, Turbo Man.
1: Man. <laughs> I want
2: the Turbo Man! boomerang suitor and the rock and roar jetpack and the realistic voice activator that says five different phrases including it's turbo time accessories sold separately Batteries not included
0: so <laughs> carly and i are listening we have the clips in our ears just as not but what were we doing <laughs> they were miming the entire thing with hand motions included <laughs> all right so I think we talked a little bit about this. When the media made idea came to, you know, came about, Jess says it was her idea. It was my idea. What was your idea?
1: My idea was, hey, wouldn't it be interesting to like go through a list of movies that came out in any given year and then see which one we have seen the most and watch it to see what kind of humor and stuff was built into
0: us because of the things that we watched growing up. So I remember that conversation going, what movie have you seen the most of in your life? Just not year, not, not based on year, just in general, in your life, what movie have you seen the most of? And without question, the movie I've seen the most in my life is Jingle All The Way. Yeah. Carly, you as yeah, well?
5: Yeah, <laughs> every year, multiple times, I think.
0: Jingle Within all- a span of three weeks. Jingle All the Way is the Lloyd family tradition at Christmas. <laughs> yes, it is.
5: And nobody else has that family tradition. No. And when I get so excited when I hear other people say, oh, yeah, my family watches Jingle All the Way. And I'm like, oh, my God. Every time like I ask somebody, they say they have no idea what that is. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's, that's fair. I don't feel like I I mean, I, I know that I've heard I had heard of the movie Jingle All the Way, but like, not. I don't know that I could have said I've seen it. Now I have no. Uh, Yes, I've seen it. You've seen
0: it as many years as we've been married.
1: (laughs) I've seen it as many years as we've been dating.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So I obviously you weren't around. You know, you weren't cognizant cognizant in 1996. I I definitely I didn't watch this movie in the theater. I know that for sure. I don't even think we saw it like within the first few years of it being out. I can't tell you how this movie entered our home.
5: (laughs) I don't know, but we have it on VHS. Yeah.
0: I. Something tells me that because our dad loves Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh, yes. He's a big fan. Back when back in the day, he used to have a weight room in our garage and he had every Arnold poster known to man.
5: Yeah, wow. It was a little weird. My friends would come over and be like, "Oh, Arnold Schwarzenegger.
0: My dad all wants over his body." So, part of me thinks that either dad saw this tape at the store and mm. bought it for us or he he watched it or we watched it on like Fox family channel or something mm-hmm. and then that prompted him to go out and buy it for himself yeah <laughs> for that ourselves. Makes sense. that makes sense and somehow someway we watched it every year mm-hmm. over and over again
1: And which is the crazy thing is, it's not just a thing that you like you kids were like, yeah, I want to watch it. Like your parents watch it. Like it's a tradition that everyone likes. It's not like this movie is a kid's movie that I can't stand. It's it's a family affair.
0: (laughs) There are lines that it's like, oh, yeah, that line makes my mom laugh the most. That line makes dad laugh the most. It's like for all of us, you know, (laughs) Carly, is it true? Do are in your everyday life? Are there lines from this movie that you just quote to yourself? For me, there are
5: sometimes, yeah. Like what? Like what? Sugar cookies. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Everyone knows the cookies. Every- um. I say at least once a month. You. <laughs> just. <laughs> just you.
5: Um. I think. Um. With me studying psychology at school, I think of when Sinbad's doing his little like. I studied psychology for <laughs> a semester. <laughs> that one, I studied psychology at no. so junior I know college. what I'm talking about. <laughs> that one will come to my mind pretty often. So there's going
0: to be a lot of that in this episode. We're going to, because this is it. I don't even, just when we get to the year, will there be a movie? It's like, yeah, this is the movie you've seen the most of in your life. Not just of the year.
1: I don't know. I don't know. I would have to like really think about that because I don't rewatch movies, and when I do, I rewatch them. But it's like I've seen this movie five times, and that's a lot because most movies I've only seen once or even half of once.
0: So, is I, it, it, could it be that we've already passed the movie that you've seen the most? In your I don't life?
1: think so. I think because like as quotable as something, we'll get to it. The year that we do uh, where the heart is. Uh, <laughs> I quote that movie from beginning to end. I will speak in tandem with everything. So that might be it, but it also just has a lot of quotable bits.
0: Hmm. Spoiler alert. (laughs) But anyway, uh, let's get into Jingle All the Ways, uh, the making of how this movie is made, because I'm I'm sure I learned some stuff this week. Carly, you're going to learn some stuff this week (laughs) about this movie that we love so much. Jingle All the Way was conceived by screenwriter Randy Kornfeld who had worked as a production assistant and had only a few TV movie story by credits under his belt at the time. Do we know
1: him? He's, his name sounds familiar. No. Okay. I, I
0: watched an interview, or I, yeah, I think it, it was like a podcast interview that I listened to. And uh, he seemed like he he was trying to break into the business as like a story, like a basically a writer, but he was mostly like, I work in the office type of thing. <laughs> and he wrote this movie under a pseudonym because he knew that if people at the studio realized that he wrote it, he wouldn't get... It wouldn't oh. have been picked up or bought. Oh, wow. oh, that makes me so mad. That's how petty the the movie is. That's very is. true. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So he was reportedly inspired by Christmas toy fads of the '80s and early '90s, specifically, and he cited this Mighty Morphin Power Rangers.
1: Yeah, mm. that's the you can see that. Yeah, makes sense. and the whole opening is just Mighty Morphin. It's like shot in a place. That's <laughs> yes, <definitely> yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the the opening of the movie. It shows you an episode of Turbo Man, like the, the the show, <laughs> and it's just straight out of freaking Power Rangers. Yeah. It's shot in like the mountains of Southern California <laughs> in some quarry somewhere. And the demon team looks like Power Rangers.
1: Yeah. They do. They look like whoa. Well, yeah. They look like those little the 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 meow, putties. Meow, Game meow. of <laughs> <laughs> Stop Robots. They, they look they like the, yeah. They look something. like they look like the robot that like in Power oh, Rangers. Oh, Alpha Five. Yes. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. That's what that's what this was. <laughs> you haven't seen Power Rangers. No, it's fine. And then uh,
0: <laughs> the, the Turbo Man's nemesis, uh, Dementor, looks like Lord <laughs> Zed of Star of, of Power Rangers.
1: Yeah, yeah, I get. Mm, I, for, why does Lord Zed make me think Toy Story?
0: Mega Mind. That who is that? <laughs> Toy, who's the, who's the bad guy from Toy Story 2? The cowboy?
5: No. No! no. <laughs> no, no the one that Buzz, oh, yes, Buzz yes. that... Buzz Lightyear's yes. dad. Yes. I don't, who's the cowboy? That's
0: Woody! Pe- no, no peg like not Pete.
1: cowboy. The, the, the prospector?
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, prospector Pete. I think oh, that's oh him. God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: Wait, you know, that guy. So... um, There were a lot, especially, like, it seems like this is a very 80s and 90s thing. I'm sure this has been going on since Christmas became commercialized, like, Mm. since the advent of Coca-Cola, uh, when they, you know, when Santa Claus was created by (laughs) Coca-Cola. Shut up. Uh, No, like, seriously, like, they say that, like, the image of Santa Claus is very much a, like, yes, it's based on, like, Saint Nicholas Mm -hmm. and, and, like, German tradition and Father Christmas from the UK. But... Our version of Santa is straight out just created by Coca-Cola.
1: You know, I can believe that. because As like we... a
0: cultural symbol.
1: Okay, I can get behind that. Because if you like read anything about what other parts, like what St. Nicholas, he's long, he's tall and very skinny, almost
0: malnourished. My favorite story <laughs> about St. Nicholas is, so Santa Claus, right? The reason we call him Santa Claus is because it was like a game of telephone. It started out as St. Nicholas, right? But the problem is in certain parts of the You know, certain parts of the world, people can't say Saint Nicholas very clearly, so they go, "So Santa Claus, (laughs) Santa Claus, Santa Claus." (laughs) You know, Santa
1: Claus, Saint Saint Claus,
0: Saint Nicholas became Santa Claus. (laughs) That feels right. Yeah, that feels right. But anyway, as as Christmas became more commercial. Toy, like Christmas toy fads mm-hmm. became a thing mm-hmm. and parents were, you know, going out Black Friday and trampling each other to get the best People toy. People still do that. Like what, like when, when you did were, Black Friday start? Oh, I'm sure. The same that, time, like probably-
5: I have like memories of us as a family going Black Friday shopping yeah. early in the morning. Yeah. Like- Staying as, overnight at places.
0: I'm thinking as far back as like He-Man, Voltron. Oh, wow. The uh, uh, Ninja Turtles, all those toys from the eighties, like. Yeah, that's you, fair. Do you, what was the big toy fad when you were a kid? That like is like. Furby. Really.
1: Yes. Yes.
0: Mm. In ninety six, the year this movie came out, I don't. It was kind of prophetic. The movie is, you know, it's about this like epic toy that all the families want and all the kids want, but the parents are like, you know, fighting over. Was Tickle Me Elmo.
5: Oh <laughs> yeah. So my, I remember
0: my mom complaining about trying to find the Tickle Me Elmo. Uh,
5: for you?
3: No, not for oh. me.
0: Not for me, but just like her. You have a lot of cousins. Yeah, she, I, maybe <laughs> like we had cousins that were like, hey, darling, mom, can you go and find Tickle Me Elmo if you see it when you're out shopping? Can you mm. pick it up? You know, it's like no one could find Tickle Me Elmo.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> I'm sure Hatchimals is another new one, right? Oh, Oops.
5: yeah. That was a few years ago.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, Carly, we have a, a re- recurring segment on this uh, podcast. We call it Mom Texts. <laughs> <laughs> the mom texts. Uh, so I've texted my mom. I texted our mom. Okay. And I asked her this question. Hey, mom, what Christmas toy was the most stressful to find for me or Carly? And she responded, Thomas the Tank Engine Turntable. What? There was a couple of trains also, but can't remember. <laughs> I was like, okay, I don't even remember that. So I looked it up and it was like legit like a Thomas the Tank Engine set. And it had the little like, oh. you know, the little turnstile. Oh. <laughs>
1: That's adorable. You could currently oh, buy cool.
0: a Thomas the Tank Engine turntable for like five bucks on eBay. <laughs> <laughs> so yikes. Yep, that oh, was that.
1: How the times do turn.
0: It's <laughs> funny. Yeah, so that's what inspired this movie. Okay. Obviously, Kornfeld wrote the film's original screenplay after witnessing his in-laws go to a Santa Monica toy store at dawn in order to get his son a Power Ranger.
1: <laughs> that's you. You definitely send the grandparents to get those toys. <laughs> <laughs> You're retired? Go stand in this line. That sounds you No, know I, I don't
0: want to. Carly likes shopping, like Black Friday shopping. I don't.
5: Yeah, I don't know. They just like the thrill. It's kind of fun. There's not even stuff that I look for necessarily. It's just like <laughs> I just way wanna be out. people watch to see people the crazy. People <laughs> yeah, it's fun. Oh, dear. Uh, so your guys'
1: future children... <laughs> i i will be take gladly them. to find have me, at the it. christmas ne- presents for you guys the next generation's yes. hatchable, yes.
0: if you can find him for yes. us
1: yes take that i will t- i take it hey kids look you got someone willing to get stuff for you <laughs> uh
0: cornfeld screenplay was bought by fox where he was working as a story analyst at the time obviously right he, he did they didn't know it was him until after the fact oh yeah um it, but it was bought only after Home, Home Alone director Chris Columbus expressed interest in the project, right? Mm. So Chris Columbus, he was the Christmas guy. Mm-hmm. He hit it big with uh, with Home Alone. So he sees this script and he's like, I can work with this.
1: That makes sense. And it is okay. kind of a, it's not a Home Alone movie. <laughs> I don't know why I was going to say that.
0: It now. has the the same energy. I feel like.
1: Could you imagine yeah. if the Home Alone kid was.
0: <laughs> oh, with Jamie? <laughs>
5: yeah.
0: He's a little too old at that yeah. point. <laughs> Um, Chris Columbus reportedly experienced a similar situation in 1995 when he attempted to obtain a Buzz Lightyear action figure for his kids. Yeah, so shout out to Toy Story. <laughs> Lord Zed. I think that's the... That's Power Rangers.
1: I'm <laughs> Googling this.
0: <laughs> it's not Zordon. That's also Power Rangers. I can't remember that guy's name. Wait,
1: wait, isn't oh that isn't Oh, that is Power Rangers. I think it's Zed. I think Zordon is Power Ranger. Okay.
0: Google, don't
1: fail me. Empire uh, Emperor Evil- Zerg
0: <laughs> Zerg.
1: Okay, well, fine. You will write this time. Zerg Zed. Oh, oh yeah, purple. Yes, yeah. Purple, purple. Wide smile. Yeah. Ah, well, it's a frown.
0: <laughs> Pre-production on the film was slow, with Chris Columbus rewriting the script himself and Fox working to secure Arnold Schwarzenegger for the project. Like Arnold, at this point, was trying to like be a family-friendly uh, comedy actor. Mm-hmm. Like he did, like a kindergarten cop earlier in the nineties, twins and junior anybody. (laughs) Um, and so I think like, obviously the writer Randy Kornfeld was like, I had no idea Arnold Schwarzenegger was going to be in a movie. Like I did not see him as Howard in the movie, but they were like, yeah, well let's bring him in. So once Arnold was in the movie was like, okay, let's, let's push this thing out the door. Let's Mm -hmm. get it made. Uh, Brian Levant was hired to direct He said, quote, the story that was important to me was between the father and the son. It's a story about love and a father's journey to deliver it in the form of Turbo Man doll. (laughs) At its root, uh, the movie is about something really sweet. It's about love and building a better family. I think that's consistent with everything I've done. So (laughs) That's
1: a nice quote. That's a nice sentiment. Good job. Guy whose name I've already forgotten.
0: (laughs) Brian (laughs) Levant. Good job, Levant. <laughs> and filming took place in Minnesota for five weeks starting in April 1996. At the time, it was the largest, largest film production ever to take place in that state. Oh, okay. Yeah. Five weeks is quick. That's, that, that's about normal okay. for, for a comedy film with this budget, I think. Okay. Yeah, so that was it. Like, they got this thing done all yeah, in wow. 1996.
1: That's a um, good job.
0: Good and job. that is Jingle All the Way. Let's talk about this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Want to hop in already? You're so eager. All right, so the movie stars Arnold Schwarzenegger as a, uh, is he a mattress salesman? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. that's what he does. Named Howard Langston.
4: Liz, hi, honey, how are you?
5: Howard, where are you?
4: I know Jamie's karate class. Don't worry, I'll meet you, there. I promise. And don't forget, you're my number one customer. Liz, I,
5: uh, look, I didn't mean that
3: I, Liz?
0: and your number one customer. (laughs) That's a, that's a quotable line. There's a lot of quotable lines in this movie.
5: Because right before that, he's talking to customer after customer saying that to every single one <laughs> of them. So
0: Yeah. And, the wife. and as you heard in that clip, Arnold is missing his son's karate class because he's too busy at the office. And mm-hmm. the movie starts in the exact same way as Hook. <laughs> 1991's Hook. If you want to hear us talk about Hook, you can listen to our 1991 movies podcast. But I didn't realize it as a kid because I never saw Hook as a kid. Not really. It makes me think this movie is very derivative because I was like, they they just ripped off Hook. (laughs) At least the beginning, it's like, put a you know workaholic father misses the son's big game because he's too busy at the office, and then he shows up to the game late and everyone's gone. Yeah, the exact same premise. Yeah,
1: the same. It's definitely the same beat points.
0: (laughs) But as Jess and I have been doing this show, Carly, something that we've discovered is that like I don't think they intentionally said we're gonna rip off Hook, Mm -hmm. but The same, like, basic life stage that all of the creatives in Hollywood were in. Everyone was feeling the exact same emotion and feeling. And we have a name for it. That term is dad guilt. Okay? (laughs) So, have you noticed that a lot of movies in the early to mid-90s deal with neglectful parents or distant parents, latchkey kids, divorce? Yeah. It's like everywhere. Yeah. Every year that we've talked about with movies deals with that very topic.
1: Yeah. It's, uh, well, okay, well, we've talked about it a lot. But yeah, it's like kind of an un- unavoidable. It's just kind of like you see, and you see it now. Like they're, The trends of the things that are coming out right now are because of the people who are now of an age to make stuff. Mm-hmm um all kind of like went through the same thing as like 90s kids and early 2000s kids and like it's reflected in what we see and also what we want to because now we're the moviegoers we're the ones spending money well Sitting at homegoers, <laughs> movie theaters are opening back up.
0: <laughs> but all, all the all the people who made movies at that time, they were all getting old enough to have kids, mm-hmm. and all realized, oh man, I'm a horrible parent, <laughs> or they're worried about being horrible yeah. parents. Like yeah. they're constantly.
5: We had working parents growing yeah. up. Yeah, it makes
1: sense. Yeah, yeah. because yeah. when you like, they probably grew up a lot with their parents mm-hmm. being there, but not having right. money, and mm. then when you you. Compensate overcompensate for that by like, well, I'm gonna make sure that my kids don't feel like what I feel, but in doing that, right? Like, you work, (laughs) work means you gotta go to work and not
0: see your kid, yeah. And so, Arnold obviously, he's got a lot of dad guilt uh, because he's missed his son's big karate game or karate class. (laughs) It's not just
5: a karate class, he's like getting the next belt, he's getting his
0: new belt. So, he missed. Jamie getting his purple belt.
5: Did we go oh, to your... You did karate as a kid. I, I did do karate did as a kid. Did we go to these big ceremonies? No,
0: you know? so I was telling her about this when we watched the movie. When I did martial arts, it was a much more uh, serious ceremony, I guess you yeah. could call it, right? The the process of getting a new belt was a very serious, private thing. So when mom and dad would drop me off at the karate, uh, we used to do it in like a small studio, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, what a dance studio would use at the, yes. the mini mall. So... <laughs> We would get in there and then basically they would block all the doors with, you know, your your partitions and say, no, parents can't watch this. This is a very, like, important, serious thing. The kids can't be distracted at all. It's like they're going to be out there. We're going to test them. They're going to make sure we know, they know their katas and their, uh, you know, their their sequences and all that uh-huh. stuff. Make sure. Th- and it was just very private, mm-hmm. very serious. So because yeah,
5: I have, like, no memories of, like watching no you, you didn't get, like move on to the no next it was just like
0: kid walks like in the door they do the test and they come out with the new belt if they passed. <laughs>
5: <laughs> so. i never made it past the first belt it's a lot of work I, I think i broke my toe like, after the, getting a white belt and you were like, I'm done. And then we, we stopped. I was young. But,
0: but with, with Arnold's son, Jamie, yes. uh, it's it's a very public like no, ceremony. Parents,
5: it's like a filled
0: gym. Yeah. And, and all lot. the kids are watching, you know, all the parents are watching the kids and then applauding as they break a board to get a belt. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Arnold, Arnold shows up late. He misses the whole thing and it makes his son, Jamie, mad. But this isn't, the, the important thing is this isn't the first time.
4: I've done something really stupid today, huh? I don't care. Oh come on, Jamie. I hope this is not true. Because I really wanted to be there. Look, believe me.
2: But I you do- always say that and you never come anyways. Purple is important to me, Dad. That's one away from green and three away from black.
0: But I saw you get yellow.
2: But you missed
1: blue?
0: He missed all the belts.
1: No, he was there for yellow.
0: But he missed blue. <laughs> <laughs> So,
1: like, <laughs> that means he's only he has three belts. His dad was only there for one.
0: I the mean, first one. That's a real thing. Like, I, I don't think I was ever as like, I don't know, uh, upset with my our parents for missing stuff. Like, I, I I didn't. I never held that against them. I was like the place of employee, especially for mom. Like, I, I understand she's not going to get time off for certain situations. So it's like, yeah, mom missed a couple oh, of my belts. Yeah. I'm not I'm not going to hold it against her but like that's a legit thing. Yeah. No,
5: I know. I, I I remember like uh mom missing a lot of like my soccer games and stuff like that. And now as an adult, I don't really like hold it back, but I think yeah. like,
1: it's hard as a kid. Yeah. Yeah, like to see that, especially like when you see a bunch of other people's kids Mm -hmm. or no wait sorry and a bunch of other kids parents there and going ah like and it didn't even really like register to him like your mom is there your mom is there all the time you know it's hard it's like a hard place to be as a parent but also as a kid right we internalize these things
0: and you you hear the two main uh, the two characters there so arnold plays howard langston and his son jamie jamie's played by young jake lloyd Mm -hmm. who would go on to be anakin skywalker just in in just in case you didn't know it, it there is a relation
1: and we share the same last name. We
0: do. <laughs> How apropos. Uh, like, I'm going to be honest, like, I, I, this might be nostalgia talking, but I was like, Arnold's not horrible in this movie. Like, no. his his accent, you know, he obviously has a thick accent, and there's some things that just, like, funny to hear him say, like, you're my number one customer, <laughs> right? Like, that's funny to hear him say that, but he's doing, he's doing the best he can. His <laughs> yeah. facial
5: expressions make the whole movie. Yes!
0: Like, that's
5: like, <laughs> when... When uh, his wife tells him he needs did he get the doll? He freaks out and his eyes are like as big as. <laughs> and it's just the funniest thing. I got and, the I got the clip. Oh, perfect. <laughs> Turbo Man. Which reminds me, you got the doll, right?
3: <laughs> the doll. Howard, you didn't. Please tell me that you did not forget that doll. No, no, I,
4: I, I got it. I. I got the Turboman doll. The one that has those things that shoot out in front with that Rock'em Sock'em jetpack and with that realistic voice box that says, It's Turbo Time. I got it.
3: Oh, good. Because
0: at this point, they'd probably be impossible to find.
5: <laughs> That's where his eyes are just. <laughs> <goes to. laughs> he goes
0: to bed, he lays down, and he just looks up at the camera with wide eye, like bug eyes. Like, it's hilarious. Oh, no. <laughs> so... The, that's the plot of the movie is Arnold realizes that he's a failure as a father and he will continue to fail unless he gets his son a Turbo Man doll that he forgot to get him three weeks ago. So he spends all day Christmas Eve shopping, trying to find that dumb action figure. And that's the movie. That's the plot. Yes. Um, and, you know, wacky antics ensue. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we, we cut back and forth between Arnold's quest and, you know, his home life with, with Jamie and his mom and, and the other characters around. And uh, it's just, that's it. Yeah.
1: yeah. I, I think it's interesting because where we were saying my movie is kind of one note, like here's the premise and they don't, really, like they make sure to keep bringing up and bringing up the, the stakes yeah. of a, like, if I don't get this doll, my son's going to be a mailman with a drinking problem. <laughs> <laughs>
0: and we'll talk more about the cynical nature of the film in a second, but um, I do want to focus a little bit more on the dad, father-son relationship, right? Because. Mm-hmm. Like, we're presented with Arnold and Jamie, and obviously there's some distance there. There's some issues. Uh, Arnold's... I keep calling him Arnold. (laughs) Howard has let Jamie down several times, and he's constantly compared to his neighbor, Ted. Now, Ted's played by... um, um,
5: Friend of the show.
0: (laughs) Friend of the show. um, He's a weirdo (laughs) in the film. Phil home Har- as a person <laughs> Phil Hartman who has been in uh, we he's been in a couple of our our shows and movies so far oh, for yeah. media made. Uh, we talked about him like just in the first segment with because he was a member of the groundlings com- yeah. comedy troupe. Uh, but anyway Ted, Ted, Ted's a freak.
1: Ted <laughs> is not someone I would allow near my children. <laughs> just straight up no. <laughs>
4: Where are you off to so early. Picking up a Christmas present for Jamie. Whoa! Nothing like waiting till the last minute, Howard, sir. So, what'd you get him? Uh, one of those Turbomans. Oh, that's great. I got a Turboman for Johnny months ago. It's nestled safely under our tree. Good. Howard, by the way, they
5: say it may get icy later. You might want to wrap some chains around those tires.
3: Maybe I should wrap some chains around you.
5: That is one of my favorite parts of the movie, <laughs> and it's like the most random. But when he says, "I want to wrap those chains around you," it just makes me laugh every time.
0: Now, now Phil Hartman does a great job of making Ted just seem very icky. Like, yeah. It's so icky, yeah. And uh, you, but like he's hilarious. And also, like, it's kind of interesting because he's, he's meant to, like, he's trying to portray himself as, like, the perfect father. Mm-hmm. Like, he, him and his son Johnny have a great relationship. And he's constantly, you know, he, like, he he's there for Johnny. He shows up at the karate class. And
5: and right before this, he, like, um, had a reindeer because just to be the perfect
0: dad with Christmas. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, hey, I got, you know, I put all the Christmas, I got, I got all the Christmas decorations up. Howard, I put up your Christ- oh, yeah. Christmas decorations for you. Um, I, I got a... You know, I surprised my son with a Christmas reindeer. Oh,
5: and then even he's like the hot shot in the neighborhood. Um, all the women are like, oh, can you fix my light?" And he's like, I got the tools for the job. <laughs> it's like so There's creepy. A lot of, <laughs> in, a lot of innuendo yes. in that scene. Like,
0: you know, you got a bunch of like desperate housewives out yep. at the karate class like, hey, Ted my porch light's not yeah. working properly. It
1: hasn't been turned on in years.
0: <laughs> oh, <ew. laughs> and he said, it's just like that. And he goes, I got the perfect two for the job.
5: <laughs> but he really just loves, why am I blanking on Howard's wife's name? What is, yeah, Rita Wilson. Yes. It's uh,
0: Liz. Liz.
5: Yeah, but all he wants is Liz. That's, yeah. that was, Which is
1: even creepier. Yeah. I legit, when we were watching it, it was like, there are women throwing, other married women Throwing themselves at him. Why are you fixated on the one who's trying to make her marriage work? Stop, stop.
0: You? I, I stop. I said it's because she's forbidden fruit to him. Yeah. Like he's like she's unattainable. Therefore, he wants her more. Yeah. So yeah, the, the the one of the B plots is Ted is all, like just straight up in Liz's business, like trying <laughs> his best to pursue her while Howard's away, trying to get this toy. Yeah, like he's like, hey, her husband is neglecting her. Mm -hmm. I should be able to fill that void. (laughs) I I would be remiss if I didn't play this clip. It's the clip when I tell people, oh yeah, my family loves Jingle All The Way. This is the movie they quote back, or this is the scene they quote back to me. Merry
4: Christmas, Langston residents.
0: Hi, i Ted.
3: Howard, hey buddy, how's it
4: going out there? Everything okay? Yeah, fine. Uh, Ted, I need to speak to Liz. Uh, Could you get... Mm. Oh, Howard, excuse me but your wife's cookies are out of this
0: world. What, a who told you you can eat my cookies? Who told you eat my cookies? I'm telling everyone. everyone knows the scene. Okay. It's the scene.
5: You're not gonna play the rest? Uh, uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you? That shows Ted right there in this next part.
4: I need to speak to my wife. So could you get her on the phone, please? I think she's in the shower, Howard. Do you want me to go check? No! <laughs> I mean, no, that's fine. On your way out, just tell her we we'll would be a few minutes late, but she shouldn't worry. Oh, she won't worry. I mean, I'm here and.
2: Mm. Oh, <laughs> these
0: cookies! I gotta get the retrograde from Les. Put that cookie down! Now! <laughs> and yes, that is Ted. Ted's a creep. Uh, she's in the shower, Harry. Huh? Do you want me to go check?
5: <laughs> and his face like lights up. So gross. No!
0: <laughs> yeah, so, like, he's the antagonist really, for, for like, as far as the father plot goes. Like, he's mm-hmm. the father that Arnold is competing with. Yeah. You know? And Arnold's saying like, in order to be the perfect father, I need to get this toy for him. But like, I think like, the movie doesn't do a good job explaining this, but I think the important thing is like, no, Howard, if you want to be a good father, just go hang, spend time with your kid. Yeah. Yeah. Your wife's going to be mad at you, though, because you were supposed to get that three weeks ago. Well, I was like, you know, it's like one small step at a time. It's yeah. like, you've already made all these mistakes. Like, start working your way back up, buddy. Yeah. So, uh, another thing, obviously, just like with Jess's movie of 96, uh, divorce plays a part. Mm -hmm. Um, I got a clip from Johnny, Mm -hmm. Ted's son, which, like, I was like, (laughs) I'm telling you, divorce was everywhere. It was on everybody's mind in the 90s.
2: Your dad is so cool. I wish my dad did stuff like this. Oh, he never used to. Not until you and my mom split up. Really? Hey, maybe your parents should get a divorce. Did wonders for my dad. (laughs) (laughs) So sad. <laughs> Ted
0: wonders from my dad. Uh, yeah, so that's that's the stakes. I think it's important to set that up because, mm. you know, Arnold is fighting a lot. He's, he's that, up against a lot. Yeah, he is.
5: Yeah, but Ted is like right before that too. He's like, back out of there, like yelling at them. Yeah, so I, it's like he doesn't really seem like...
0: I think he really yeah. is a good
5: dad. He's just like that good dad on the outside, mm-hmm. you know.
0: I think another thing the movie could have done a little better is make Ted seem like Two-Faced. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like he reveals his true colors at the end when he's like trying to put the moves on yeah, Liz. and gross. She's like telling him no, and he's like, you know, a little too forward.
1: Mm-hmm. He's forward at every point. Even in that like cookie ep- episode, what? <laughs> Even in that scene where like she's like, oh, I'll go upstairs. He's like reach to t- he takes off her apron like takes yes. it off of her and then wraps his arms around her waist pulls her bodily in and then makes a really gross face oh yeah, yeah, yeah. While <laughs> he takes it that. off yep. and i'm like Stop touching me. I'm going to knee you in the gut. Yep.
5: And when they're singing Christmas carols, he's, they're like swinging back and forth. And then he like puts his arm around her and she like swings away to like not be <laughs> like have his arm. And, and he still like doesn't care. Right. Ugh.
1: She's being really polite about it. Too polite. I would be like, do you do you see that my husband is literally four and a half feet taller than you <laughs> and <laughs> built? Try this game again, monkey.
0: Can't bench press your way out of this one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that's that's one side of the story and I think it, you know, it, it's a nice transition from Jess's movie House Arrest to ours. Um but uh the main plot of the movie is Arnold out on the town trying <laughs> to get Turbo Man. <laughs> yes. So Something that I think was intentional from the start is they wanted this movie to be a satire of commercialism at Christmas, mm-hmm. right? and it's not—it's not a hard thing to do. It's like, yeah, Christmas is very commercial in America.
1: Yeah, that's one hundred
0: percent. Yeah, you know, and it, like it takes away, in a lot of ways, it drains a lot of the heart. You know, the Christmas spirit, right? Mm-hmm. Like, Carly, you worked at Starbucks for oh, a few years. God. Like, can you explain like, what is it like when folks come in? They want that special Starbucks cup. The
5: first day of oh, the, the cup, so red cups season. <laughs> yeah. And- Um, it's launched, like, early November, and that first day, they are lines at, we would open at four in the morning. There would be people outside at three o'clock before, I don't know, I would show up at 3.55, and there's just lines of people wanting cups, and it's like, it's just a little red cup. (laughs) Like, what is the big deal? (laughs) And, um... Yeah, it just is crazy, and if the lines are too long, like, it is not fun. No. Definitely sucks the the Christmas spirit, like, wanting to launch those <laughs> holiday drinks and fun Christmas. No, it's not fun We can work at <laughs> a place like that. I and I, I didn't work there a couple years. I only worked there <laughs> for, uh, one year. It's like, it's like, and I
0: can't, I don't know if Jess I can- did sp- my time. I don't know if Jess can speak for this, but it's like, I've also worked in an industry that is, like, horrible at Christmas time. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I, I worked at UPS, it was horrible. At Christmas time, because, and you get to see just how miserable Chris, like making Christmas special for people, uh, how miserable that experience is. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. like you, you see a lot of like just uh, uh, selfishness and uh, I don't know, just like cruelty at Christmas, especially the service industry. Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. yeah. I don't think I like, I've I worked mostly service jobs from like 15 to pff, 22. Um, but luckily, most of those were like around my schooling. So Christmas time, it was like, that's oh, fine, I'm gone. Um, but now I mostly work at schools, so Christmas time
0: it's I'm gone.
1: Time. <laughs>
0: yes, <laughs> which it, is great. But. Yeah, and and then obviously like in just just with the the idea of like taking the idea of Christmas and the special, obviously like the 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 season's supposed to be special, right? It's supposed to mean like warmth and family, and you're supposed to remember the good old days, right? But people like get fixated and turn it into an object mm-hmm. that they need. Yeah, right, and it's like obviously. In order to make Christmas special for my kid, they need to have the one special toy, or yeah. I need that special cup. <laughs> 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 you know, or I need—we need to meet at Grandma's house exactly the way it was when we were children. Yeah. It's like I fall into that. Like it's mm-hmm. hard—it's hard to break out of tradition. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's what you know. Christmas is a hectic time. Yeah. For a lot of people. It's a Depressing time. And I mm-hmm. think the movie was trying to draw on those themes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, was it effective? I think that's up for.
1: Discussion? Discussion. Yeah. Uh,
0: What do you guys think? Do you you think the movie was effective in presenting Christmas as a... Was it effective in satirizing Christmas and the commercialism of Christmas? I personally think, like, it did do a really good job
1: of that. Because even when you say that, right? Like, I can't... Except for the last, quote-unquote, hidden scene, right? Like, uh, I can't picture what was just kind of like a homey kind of christmas vibe in the movie mm-hmm. because at every point like you at every point it was like go 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 for all of them right like it's christmas eve and liz is baking a bunch of cookies mm-hmm. for whom i don't know but she's <laughs> doing it um for her husband, they're with his cookies <laughs> <laughs> fair um and then howard is out about town and he's not the only one there are people out like Christmas shopping on Christmas Eve, doing all these things, like being very hectic about it. And then even the one scene where you see him looking in and watching someone else put the tree topper on the tree, he's like, that's my job because it's a very Mm -hmm. traditional thing. It's just kind of like, it needs to go this way or it doesn't count kind of thing.
0: And he puts my star on my tree.
1: I think like exactly what
5: Jess was saying. And I think even why our family connects with it is because we've always had chaotic Christmases. We, our mother worked in, you know, a really crazy industry during Christmas time, just like the mailman. that we second. Uh, you know, re- maybe mom relates to him. Like we kind of see that <laughs> side, not completely, but like just a tiny bit. Cause he's like, this is the only day I get to shop. And I think... We've seen that our whole lives. Like mm-hmm. I, I have memories of going and shopping with dad on Christmas Eve yep, me too. for stuff for our mom. And it's like, why are we waiting to the last minute?
0: And she asked me that very question. Yeah.
5: yeah. And so then I think that part of it's the movie, family thing. you see the other, like these outside people they are doing caroling and they're doing this. And then you have the people doing the crazy shopping and trying to get everything done. And so I think the movie does do a good job of showing the
0: flip yes.
5: yeah
0: that so, so speaking of the mailman uh, there's a character named Myron played by Sinbad uh, shout out to, he he, he no, was in the there. show when we talked about it but he is a co-star in a different world which yes. is just a show of 1987 mm-hmm. but Sinbad is crazy <laughs> like crazy <laughs> He's very
5: scene. bad mom if you're listening you're not crazy you're just but we would like to see male. what's in your coffee <laughs> you're just a male
0: <laughs> as long as she's not choking out some lady and a line. Yeah. <laughs> Last minute shopping, huh? Yeah. Enough to drive a
4: man insane, ain't it? Myron Larrabee. Howard Langston. Yeah. See, I have to shop late because it's the busiest time of the year for me. All these important Christmas letters that people send to folks they don't even talk to but once a year. Not to mention relatives sending presents they're going to have to send back anyway. How many toiletry kids does a man <laughs> need? How about these little stupid letters from kids to Santa at the North Pole. Dear Santa, could you send me a bike and a flinky? No! Your father's been laid off!
0: <laughs> so, Sinbad, uh, Myron, uh, he's 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 unhinged, and he's playing off of the uh, uh, going postal trope. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, your unhinged postal worker who who is just one step away of going off the deep end. Right. Um, and he does a good job. I was reading yeah. some things about Sinbad. Apparently, he improvised a majority of his own lines. Huh? Right? Yep. So a lot of that's just off the cuff and then okay. in scenes with Schwarzenegger, Arnold also improvised most of his responses. Oh. So a lot of those Fun. scenes were just them riffing on each other. That's Sin- really cool. Yeah, and Sinbad's like he I I I have never seen a Sinbad stand up. Have you? No. I can imagine he like could just go and go yeah. and go and go. Yeah. That's what it seems like to me. He's got a lot of energy. And I think, honestly, so the scene where they meet, wh- where are they at? What are they doing?
1: They are waiting outside of a shop that opens at 8 a.m.
5: No, 9. Oh, it's, I, mean, I think it's 9. And he goes, because there's two minutes. They won't open the door. It's freezing. It's get, snowing.
0: It's Minnesota. He gets there at 8.58. And yeah. the, the man at the door is like, no, <laughs> he's, he's two minutes. He's taking on
1: the door like... Look at the time.
0: <laughs> <laughs> which just connected with that guy.
1: I, I, I was like, he's the manager trying to protect his people for as long as possible. Because it's New Year's Eve and you guys are going to have no chill when Christmas you come Eve. in here. It's <laughs> Christmas <laughs> Eve and
0: you're going to have no chill when you come in here. And, leg- like, and the guy gets trampled yep. legitimately. Like there are like footprints on him. Face. Which, I was like, if you're going to have a scene making fun of Christmas co- commercialism, someone needs to get trampled. Yep. Yeah. People get trampled every year at yeah. like Black Friday shopping. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Horrifying, it is. Yeah, and like they play I've it for. I've never a
5: while. seen it. <laughs>
0: good, <laughs> uh, that's good. Uh, and and then I think that scene where Arnold and 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 Myron, Howard and Myron, <laughs> are standing out in the like the cold amongst this line of people waiting to get in the store. I feel like that's when you get some of the most scathing criticisms of Christmas time because Myron just rants. Yeah, he just rants about Christmas time and what it means to him. And I, I've got a, I got several lines of dialogue here. And as if
4: I didn't have enough pressure in my life, my
0: son sends me out for some like goofy black toy, some fruity robot
4: named Turtleman. It's Turbo Man. My son wants one too. You know it's all a ploy, don't you? A ploy. Man, where have you been? Don't you watch TV? We are being set up by rich and powerful toy cartels!
3: Oh, come and on. You let these
4: big fat cats sit there using working class just like me and you! They spend billions of dollars on TV advertisement, and then they sit there and use subliminal measures to suck your children's minds out!
0: He's <laughs> set up... There's a lot to unpack there, but it's like, we are being set up by dark and powerful coy, toy cartels. <laughs> And I'm like, some of the stuff he's saying is like, it's true, it's it's nonsense, but other stuff is like partially true. It's like, yeah, toy commercials are very deceptive Mm -hmm. and and, and evil and manipulative. Mm -hmm. And it's Mm -hmm. like, so when I was a little kid, one of the most popular kid's toys, like fads were Pokemon. Right. Okay. Yeah. Pokemon, The what's the tagline? Gotta catch them all. Pokemon. I don't think. (laughs) Clefairy. Sorry. I don't think they meant it to be deceptive and manipulative, but it is. Basically, what you're telling children is, hey, you're not worth anything unless you get them all. (laughs) Like, hey, yeah, you can have one squirrel, but it's not enough. You got to have them all. You got to catch them all. Do you have the starters? Get them. So back in the day, everything was like that with Pokemon. It was like every product, Mm. you had to catch them all. Burger King had a line of like, it was like clamshell of like Pokeballs with like golden... (laughs) They're like prints of Pokemon, like mm-hmm. little pieces of gold, and you had to catch them all. It's like, hey, yeah, keep coming back to Burger King. Got to catch them all. <laughs> you you got to get. That's why you
5: like Burger King so much.
0: Got <laughs> to <laughs> 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 You got to go to the. You got to go to Kmart and get every Pokemon plush. We're only going to release like sixteen at a, at a time, so every two months you got to go back to Kmart and get the the next sixteen. Yeah. It was very manipulative. And yeah. so I was like that yeah. he's 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 not, he's he's not, not far off. He's
5: talking about. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> he knows what he's talking about. <laughs> <laughs> he went to junior <laughs> college for
4: a semester. <laughs> and I know what I'm talking about because I went to junior college for a semester and I studied psychology. So I'm right in there. I know what's going on and then they sit there and make a kid feel like garbage and you the father who's working 24-7 delivering mail so you make an alimony payment to a woman that slept with everybody at the post office but me <laughs> and then when you get the toy it breaks and you can't fix it because it's a little cheap plastic you know what I like to do I like to walk up in that office grab one of those guys and just choke him and choke him until his eye pops out
0: so he grabs a little old woman who's standing next to him and starts choking her <laughs>
1: Okay, can I just say, knowing that most of his lines were um, ad-libbed, I'm sure the choking he probably asked for yeah. first. But just like, because sometimes I'll like watch the crowd. I was like, they're looking at him real weird. Now it makes sense because they were just like, just stand there. And they probably did a couple of takes and each take he did something different.
0: <laughs> and they got a lot of like reaction shots where folks are just like, like mm? side eye. Even,
5: even Howard's like, stop <laughs>
0: <laughs> And And so like, I feel like that a lot of that was like the writers trying their best to like basically take down Christmas. And mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, yeah, this this unhinged man is saying all these dialogue, you know, saying all this dialogue. But at least like a lot of this stuff holds true to what Christmas has become. Mm-hmm. So I, I I recognize it. And obviously for the working class dude who doesn't have a lot of money, doesn't have a lot of time, it's difficult to keep up with the fads. Yeah, you know, it's like I don't one I don't have a lot of time. I can't get to the store to get a Turbo Man. Mm-hmm. Uh, before they're sold out, and also those things are probably mega expensive. Yeah, my t- my kid's gonna get one Christmas toy this year, and it's gonna be this one.
1: Yeah. The- okay, we're talking about commercialism, not dads. No, you because because I want to say like Myron and kids. If you haven't seen this movie, Myron is he's he's not he doesn't have all of the degrees to be a bachelor in his head. <laughs> he's not sane, but um I can understand him like feeling right like this one thing because when you learn more about him, right like he doesn't live with his kid, his kid lives with his mom. And so if he's only going to be able to give them one gift, he wants to give them Mm -hmm. the give his son the gift that he wants the most. Right. He probably bargained with the kid's mom was like, Hey, I'm going to get this one, get all the other things that you want, but like, I, I need this win, you know, and that probably drove him like, like that he couldn't Mm -hmm. go shopping at any other point because he had to do more hours so he can afford this stupid expensive piece of plastic that's going to be left in a junk drawer in two years, you know, like, I feel bad for him. He's crazy though.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, and and so speaking of Myron's like backstory, another scene that happens later on in the movie is Arnold, like he's down on he's down in the dumps. Right, mm-hmm. Howard has ha- witnessed many failures at this point. He's mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. given up. He's given up. He's like I, I I can't do anything. He just like stops at a cafe, uh, to to get a cup of coffee and just like he's down in the dumps. He just had a, a fight with his son over the phone. Mm-hmm. Um, and Myron is also in the cafe, you know, and they have like a heart to heart and. Uh, Myron Sinbad explains why to him getting this Turbo Man is so important because to him it's like the worth of the worth of himself as a father mm-hmm. and like honestly the the self worth of his kid depends on him getting this toy because of something that happened when he was a kid you're right that kid's gonna need some serious therapy man
4: oh don't say that
0: mm-hmm. I know what I'm talking about see
4: I never forgave my father I remember one Christmas I wanted this one special toy Johnny 7 OMA gun. Remember those, don't you? No. I still remember the commercial like it was yesterday. Two kids playing out in the backyard. Johnny to Peter, Johnny to Peter, enemy sighted. Roger there, open fire. And then Johnny would whip out his Johnny 7 OMA one-man army gun. Seven guns in one. The thing looked like a blast. But, of course, for my old man, Christmas was just a, another opportunity
0: to let me down. Christmas was just another opportunity to let me down. Mm. I was like, that's sad. So
1: sad. <laughs> it is. Sorry. <laughs> you guys are so cute listening to it and just mouthing it and then. <laughs> sad. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but to be honest, like, yeah, that is very, like, horrible that, like, you know, Christmas commercialism has honestly, like, put so much pressure on parents to be able to, like, basically live up to their kids' expectations. Yeah. It's mm. like s- supply and demand, right? Like, there aren't. Like there just aren't that as many turbomans yeah. as there are for kids who want them. Yeah. it's like there are going to be kids who are going to be left without a turboman for Christmas. It's just gonna happen, yeah. and uh, it, it, I feel like that it's unfortunate that it puts a lot of pressure on those types of families. Yeah. so I feel for I feel for Sid yeah. and he's
1: obviously like he remembers like how he felt as well as like at a kid. um and he also remembers the entire, sorry, just because commercialism. He remembers the entire commercial from, however many years ago it was when he was young right like these things stick with you and that's the purpose of it and how they yeah like yeah, and
5: sell he it. like even talks about how his neighbor got one and how like successful he is and <laughs> you know i'm sorry <laughs> if no you no i got it. That
4: you ever heard of a guy named scott sherman yeah ceo of uh, sherman industries well you know he was my old neighbor and his dad got him a johnny seven oma gun you know what happened he became a billionaire and me well
0: <laughs> i'm just a loser with no future i'm sure there had a lot more to do with just yeah. the, just the johnny seven <laughs> Omega gun but that's
5: what i was proceeding it was gonna say
0: <laughs> <laughs> but then that scene like it, it becomes like this weird dream sequence where arnold sees his son jamie in myron's shoes like Jamie's dressed like Myron, the, the, the postman. And he's like, he takes a swig of, of... Alcohol straight from the bottle.
1: Here's to you, Dad.
0: <laughs> and it, and, and it like, disgusts Arnold. He's like, nope, I can't. <laughs> like, My I... son will not become this crazy postman.
1: <laughs> hey, Mr. Postman.
0: But yeah, so it's like, the movie does a, a okay job. Pretty good job of at least bringing these ideas up. Yeah. Because if it didn't, it would be an utter failure. Yeah. So, but I think like it, it also doesn't do enough if it wants to be a satire. You mm-hmm. know, it's also a slapstick comedy. Yeah. So I don't know. Like, do you guys feel like it, it juggles those two sides well
1: enough? I think it does because uh, it does still need to find that balance of being something that's enjoyable, right? Like it is still a Christmas movie. It is as much as it's a satire on uh, capitalism and Christmas as a whole, it is also a Christmas movie. Yeah, so yeah, it's yeah. gotta I think even in that. Feeds into the the uh, satire of it, like yeah, we all know all of this is thing, but at the end of the day, you gotta do what you gotta do to make Christmas for yeah, your family.
5: Yeah, you want people to be like, oh, like, that was a was, bummer. That
1: was uh, sucks. That's <laughs> yeah. exactly how I felt this season. Yeah. Like, then it would be one of my movies. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so I'm sitting here like, yeah, I I can't look at this movie from a pure perspective because it's like you know, Nostalgic. I've seen it so I've seen it so often, right? But. I personally, I was like, yeah, it does an okay job. I think I think it balances yeah. everything out so well, and I, I do enjoy these little moments where, it like, yeah, you get to actually like witness like what Christmas does to people, <laughs> so I appreciate mm-hmm. it. Um, so we kind of front loaded the show with the serious stuff because the next half of the segment, we're gonna have ourselves a quiz down.
1: Yeah.
5: When
0: did you watch this last? Uh, a few <laughs> nights ago. See?
5: <laughs> I told him to text you to make I you rewatch it. it. <laughs> but
0: well, it's okay. you know what, Carly's it's got a better good. memory than I do. So, I do have
5: a good memory. All
0: right, we're going to do a quiz down. It's going to be a, like, because the, the premise of our show here on Media Made is the movies that most invaded our lives. And I think an element of invasion is quotable lines. Like, mm-hmm. lines from movies that just lodge into your brain and they're there forever. Yep we've We've talked about a few already. So Jess has got a list of clips. She's collected them. I've I have no idea what these clips are. Mm-hmm. There's fifteen of them. Yep. I don't know what clips where in the movie they are, what they takes place. You want to explain how you're gonna do this? Yeah, so first and foremost,
1: if you hate this, pretend you love it. I worked <laughs> real hard for like three hours.
3: Woo. <laughs> Woo. No, I That's love right.
1: It. Um, And also, kids, you're probably going to rehear some stuff that you already heard. Maybe, maybe not. I couldn't hear what was being played, so possibly. Um, But yeah, so this is how it's going to work. I'm going to read the first part of a quote uh, from the movie. Probably not in the correct voice. I'll do my best. And then I need you guys to finish it. And we're going to go one at a one. So okay. we're going to go to Carly. And then if you can't do it, we'll go to Rodney. Uh-huh. I'm get a um, steal. To <laughs> steal it, right? Because I, otherwise, I was going to say yell, like yell at the same time. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, our we're going take
0: turns. <laughs> gonna,
1: yeah. okay. um, so that's how we're going to do it. I will say I have a place that I want them to stop. Like, or so I might go more. Mm-hmm. Um, but some of them, when you hear the recordings, go a little bit longer, just because I wanted to hear the yeah, whole yeah. thing. And this,
0: this will give us a good, uh, good excuse to talk about some of the more fantastical slapstick, cartoonish moments from the movie. Because, yeah, we talked about all the serious stuff already. I felt like we wanted to get all that out of the way so we could just have fun talking about the crazy, stupid (laughs) things that happen in Jingle All The Way. Because Arnold's out there all day, Christmas (laughs) Eve, doing the dumbest things (laughs) to get this toy. And as we play the clips, we could talk about what's happening in the scene and why we enjoy how dumb it is and all that fun, crazy stuff. So.
1: Okay, well, let's hope I got
5: slapstick ones. Uh, I I don't think we've ever done like a competition before or
1: played a game together. We played Mario Party before? (laughs) Yeah. Cool. Um, okay. All right, here
0: we go. All right. so, Carly, you're up.
1: Oh, okay. I've done my best to do from like what I think is the easiest to some that okay. are like super obscure. Which I'm like, if you guys get this, you've watched the movie too many times. <laughs> I expect <laughs> you towards the end to okay. fail.
5: I didn't watch it a few days ago, but I'm gonna do my best. She has okay. a better
0: memory than I do, okay. though.
1: Okay, the first one
0: probably gonna be really. Busy. Uh,
1: well, okay. Listen for the oven timer. I
5: know this has to do with the cookies, but
0: this is your
1: clip. This I know, is your line. But it's like. I, like where are you can you say it again uh well okay make sure to listen for the oven timer i know
5: i know sugar cookies baked it. 12 to 15 minutes till golden brown ted's got everything under control <laughs> ding 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 that one's to carly is it 12 to 15 minutes okay i was debating 10 to 15
4: well, uh, oh, oh, okay, but you know, the, listen for the I know, or, like, sugar else, you know, cookies room. bake 12 to 15 minutes till golden brown. Yeah, Ted's got everything under control.
3: Yeah. Oh, oh.
1: Go! Yeah. Pipe down in there.
0: <laughs> I just got the whole clip. Cook- yeah, you know, that's the cookie scene. Put the cookie down. I
5: just, I, I couldn't hear Liz right there. Yeah, like that,
1: because yes. I can't do the I, voices. No,
5: you're good, you're good. All right, good job.
0: I think try try and maybe say the lines as dry as possible yes. so that okay. we, we can think of the, you know, we can also add the inflection to okay. it. Okay, okay,
1: okay, all right. All right, I'm up. <laughs> Another one I think is going to be easy. Yeah, I got a madman in my studio and uh, help me.
0: Dancer, prancer, vixen, buffel, donderplats, <laughs> with all the reindeer. See, I couldn't get you on the phone. Did I? Uh, did I win? Is that it? That I almost want to make you say all the oh, names. No, I can't. I can't. I don't know. I don't even know all the reindeer, Carly. When,
5: when I'm asked, I don't know, in random times in my life, like what are the reindeer's names, I start jogging. <laughs> <laughs> donderplats. <Blitz.
0: laughs> But do you, can you say him? No, I can't Answer Dancer, prancer, vixen.
5: And then he's like, um, he's, oh, he's like, th- um,
0: Sinbad's like throwing uh, mail out of his thing. Um, okay, so the- uh, He's I'll,
5: laughing, I, uh, what is, I- I'll play uh, the you play Yeah, i got a
0: mad man in my studio
5: and- uh... Help me! You can't just-
4: You dance not just- You comic not
0: down a blitz. What? Uh, you see I couldn't get through on the phone. Did it win? <laughs> So the context of that clip is Arnold is sitting in that cafe we talked about earlier, and he hears a new, like announcement on the radio. It's like a promotion where the the DJ says, "Are you looking for a Turbo Man? Oh, yeah. Have you been looking everywhere for one? Well, if you want to win a Turbo Man, call me up on the radio, oh, yeah. or, or call me up, call up the station on the phone, and tell me all twelve of Santa's reindeer." And Arnold knows them, and it basically.
5: They both are running to the studio together. Yeah,
0: so they they there's like a fight between Arnold Schwarzenegger and Sinbad. They're trying to get to the because they they can't get on the oh, phone yes, because they break a payphone. So yeah. they run to the the studio. They they run to the radio station. Arnold runs upstairs, gets to the studio first, so that he can then tell the, uh, D- the DJ. they on the door. <laughs> so the
5: guy's not letting him in. So, so he, he breaks, breaks the, the glass. <laughs>
0: and and my favorite part of that whole clip know is what you're gonna say as arnold is running into the studio <laughs> you can hear <laughs> you can hear the dj talking to someone else who's called in trying to name the reindeer and the guy on this the guy on the phone says randy jermaine tito and i was like that's just the jackson, the jackson five. <laughs> Oh yeah that's funny and did you get a clip with the bombs
5: no, so that one is one of my favorite scenes, um, and that's one of, that will come back to me. It um, it's like that was really a bomb. <laughs>
0: uh, Sinbad I, I reaches the it. studio second, and Arnold's like, oh, you're too late! I already won the, the the you know the the prize certificate for the for the Turbo Man." And Sinbad goes, "Well, I don't need the right answer to win because I've got this," and he pulls out what he claims is a bomb. <laughs> And it's this whole dumb sequence where they think there's a bomb in the studio and the police show up and and Sinbad, who's unhinged, convinces the police that he's got a bomb in his hand and he's able to escape.
4: I don't need the right answer to win. I got this! Now what's that? This, master Trackstar, is a homemade explosive device. A bomb? Yes, in layman's terms, a bomb! So back up! You build a bomb? No, I didn't have to build a bomb. Don't you read the news? Hundreds of these things come to the mail every day. I just kept one in case I ever needed it. So give me the dial. I'm going to blow up
5: everything in this place. But and then it is. they open it, and it actually is a bomb. And he's like, that was really a bomb? This is a sick world.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, there's, a, there's like an old man police officer that is constantly uh, foiling Arnold's plans. Howard. And, and the... Uh, The bomb blows up in this cop's face, and it's a cartoon. Obviously, so he survives. Yeah, just some singed (laughs) nose hair. That's a good excuse for me to talk about it. Something I really appreciate about this movie is it's a live-action cartoon in a lot of places, where like physics and reality are thrown out the window, and it becomes like a wily coyote, uh, you know, Looney Tunes cartoon. Mm -hmm. Where yeah, this bomb explodes in this guy's face, and it's just you know just black all over his face, and his hair's up, and he falls over. (laughs) And he just, hits buses,
5: um, all kinds of stuff.
0: Yeah. And so it's like, you know, you have this like, it's like invulnerable police officer who's constantly getting hurt because of Arnold's antics. Uh, all right, next up. Uh, Yes. Okay. Another one. My turn?
1: Yes. Okay. I'm going to read it as dryly as I can. Yeah. We're not doing this for us. We're doing it for the kids. For the kids? Oh my God, I have no idea. I could steal um, this. Um... Let me to try it with an accent or not? Sure, okay. and
5: then I'll give it to you if I can. not We're not doing this for us. We're doing it for the kids. For the
0: kids? Oh,
5: okay, we're in the Santa <laughs>
0: <laughs> She's got it.
5: Oh, I, I if I watched it two days ago, I probably could get it. But for every little boy
0: who if ever it, sat down on Santa's for lap. <laughs> <clothes> on <laughs> for every little girl who opens oh, clothes yeah. oh, yeah, on Christmas. For every little girl who leaves cookies for Santa on Christmas night. For every little boy that yep. <laughs> that opens presents Christmas morning and finds clothes yep, instead got of it. toys. That's the one. That, that's it. <laughs>
5: yeah, it was not coming to me. Good job. We're not
4: doing this for us. We're doing this for the kids. For the kids. For every kid who ever sat down on Santa's lap. For every little girl who left cookies and milk for Santa on Christmas night. For every little boy who opens a present Christmas
1: morning and finds clothes instead of toys. All right. Yeah, you mean my good. back alley salad? Santa didn't give yeah. it away
0: immediately. All right, so. I know, I was drawing a blank. So <laughs> good job. At one point in the movie, Arnold <laughs> meets... The cartel. He meets the toy cartel. It's, it's <laughs> this, San, this mall Santa and his his elf friend that uh, runs some, like, warehouse, like, knockoff, like... Toys. Like, this toy business where they sell, like, you know, imported toys. And it's just, like... All of these Santas are at this warehouse, like, you know, loading up trucks, and it looks really sketchy. And they sell Arnold a knockoff Turbo Man from South America somewhere. The
5: bilingual version.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and Arnold, like, you know, buys this thing for 300 bucks, and uh, opens it up, and it's broken, and it only speaks in Spanish. <laughs> yep. And he, I have the clip here, he basically gets upset and calls all the Santas' names
4: you know what you guys are nothing but a bunch of sleazy con men in red suits what did you call us you have me right con men thieves degenerates low thugs criminals the north pole them are fighting words partner put them up
0: relax buddy i'm not about to hit a santa claus but he does (laughs) (laughs) he 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 fist fights like 20 santa clauses (laughs) in a warehouse
1: (laughs) And I guess
0: he could binge press him his way out of that one. He, he did. <laughs> so, and that's another scene where it just becomes a straight up cartoon where Arnold fights a Santa Claus with like nunchucks. Yeah. He's like <laughs> flipping around like a ninja. Uh, he fights. The big he, show. He fights the big show. So, Paul White of All Elite Wrestling fame. No, the, mm-hmm. w, no WWF, WWE fame. He was the big show. Yeah. You might remember him in WCW as the giant even. The the big show comes out dressed like Santa Claus and he's like, I'm gonna deck your halls, bub. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, Arnold, or no, is it the big show, punches a little elf? Or is it a little Santa? Little buddy. (laughs) There's like a little Santa, like jumps on on Arnold's head and, like, you know, is like pulling his hair, and the big show punches him. And he, like,
5: ducks down.
0: And this little Santa goes flying across the room. It's not physically possible. (laughs)
5: Yep. Little buddy <laughs> And then dog pile. <laughs> it's part of that, right? Yep, yeah. Yep.
0: Carly Carly used to say that as a little kid. Yeah. <laughs> Yell dog pile because of this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, what's next? Is this number five or four?
1: This is four and it's going to you. Yes. All right, all right. Okay. Um so this one I'm sorry. It's how it cracked out. Pretty easy though. But you always say that and you never co- and you never come anyways.
0: You always say that you never come anyway. Uh, this one was important to me, Dad. It's threw away from it's one away from green and three away from black. Is that what it is? Keep going. Oh, uh, uh, I saw you get yellow, but you missed blue.
1: Can you do better? Cause it's not that you were wrong, but you were off by several words and if she can do better, I'm giving okay. it to her. All right, what, huh? what is <clears throat> the start? But you always say that and you never come anyways. I, he probably is gonna do it better. It's okay. All right. What we can. was it? It's because this one is important, and it's a color that's important. Green,
2: yellow.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna play it.
2: But I you just... always say that, and you never come, anyways. Purple is important Purple. to me. That's one way. And from then you green get the next two colors Three wrong. away from black.
4: But I saw you get yellow.
2: But you missed blue.
1: Dang, I'm really disappointed in myself. I don't want to give it to either of you. The important point of... No one gets that one. We know. The important part of that was the colors. Purple Purple was
0: important to me, Dad.
1: Purple was important (laughs) to him, you guys. How could you forget purple?
0: (laughs) You're right. All right, next up, Carly. Okay, Carly. Carly. Okay. Okay, So
1: so what happens to Blitzen after Christmas?
5: (laughs) (laughs) He's like, I made a team of... um, Lake Winneganta, or something. <laughs> or really some kind of lake. Um, and um, if nature's kind, they'll take him in as one of its own, or something like that. it's like, uh, oh, what,
1: okay. oh, Do you want to try again? I'm gonna have him try to see if he can do better. You got okay. some.
5: Um, say the beginning, please, again.
1: So, what happens to Blitzen after Christmas?
5: There's a stream of Lake, <laughs> Lake <Honda>. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and if yeah, if nature is kind or it's like I well oh, wait 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 he says something about setting him free, um, and if nature's kind, they'll accept him as its own. Yeah, that's all I got. I okay. Don't
0: know. No, yeah. no, no. Do you have anything? I, I think it's like I've been watching a family of deer. Oh, that's For, what uh, it is. Got off this, like. Off the shores of May- Lake Minnetonka. Minnetonka, I couldn't remember <laughs> yeah, the name. Yeah, <laughs> um, I'll, yeah, so It says like, I, I'll, hopefully I'll set him, you know, lead him up there and set him free. Um, if, yeah, you, you got the last yeah, one. Yeah, like
1: that's, I almost wanna give it both, like, cause you got the beginning, you yeah, got the yeah, end. That's
0: a tie, yeah. yeah.
5: I, I said team, family. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, here a we go. A
5: team of reindeer.
4: <laughs> here we go. So what happens to Blitzen after Christmas? I've been watching a family of deer down by Lake Minnetonka. I thought I'd take him down there and set him free. If nature's kind, they'll take him in like he's one of their own.
5: And then how goes, how touching. <laughs>
0: <laughs> With disgust on his face. And so, yeah, Ted's got this freaking reindeer that he brings into town. Yeah. And it's this puppet that they use. and It's like this horrifying, like angry puppet that he's tries to bite angry. him. Yeah. <laughs> He ends up punching that thing later on in the yeah, movie. <laughs> yeah, he does. But he's
5: like, "Oh, reindeer are usually such kind animals." <laughs> and then he must not like you after shave. It's aftershave.
0: <laughs> there's something about you he just doesn't like after shave or something. <laughs> All right, next. I go ahead. Um. Okay. Number six. Right. Six.
1: Your turn. It is your turn. <sighs> you just get keep getting the the low blows. So did you'll... I get a half a point or yeah, something?
0: Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm giving you both a
1: point okay. there because you guys. Um. Okay. Tag team that one. <clears throat> Cuz Dad, when someone makes a promise, they definitely should keep it. You know, it's like Turbo Man says.
0: If you always keep your promises, you always keep you your get, friends.
1: You get the easiest one. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was really, I, was, I tried to order them.
0: Yes. Number six. I've had to tip to heel with this Man.
2: Cuz Dad, when someone makes a promise, they definitely should keep it. You know, it's like what Turboman says. Always keep your promises if you wanna keep your friends.
0: <laughs> alright, alright.
1: <laughs> What's next? Oh, okay, okay. I thought we were gonna talk more. No, we're good. Okay, seven. I'm sorry. <laughs> I didn't order these wonderful, apparently, but we're gonna get to the harder ones as we okay. go. Okay. <laughs> Detective Howard Ling, undercover. Um
5: He says something unit like Wait, he, okay, hold on, let he he me grabs just... the
1: badge. <laughs> let me wait, sorry. Okay. Detective Howard Lang, undercover. I've been working this case for the last three years.
5: I've been working this case for the last three years. And you think you can barge <laughs> in here like a couple of... Frank, what does he say? <laughs> <laughs> um, something. And he's like, I've had it up to here with you. Um, he says sloppy, I think. Um, <laughs> That's
0: the beginning. That's before this oh, line.
5: Oh.
1: Yeah. Oh. No, 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 we, no, no guy, You, you, you did some... Yeah, you you did get a good portion of it. Yeah. Do you want to give a I, I can
0: finish off what she says, like, yeah, Howard Lang, undercover. Um, what, what was the I've p-? been
1: working this on this case for the last three years. And, and you guys has,
0: come barging like you, in here like a bunch of terrorists, terrorists at a tea party. at a tea party. <laughs> <laughs> I could not remember that. <laughs> I really like, get like your that act way. together yes. and arrest someone. <laughs> so at the end of the Santa Claus fight scene, the police barge in and, and they crack down <laughs> on the Santa cartel. And Arnold commits a felony. Yes, he impersonates a police officer to get his hack get the heck out of there. Yes, um, and uh, all for the Turbo Man
5: still. It all still? works, and I
0: I told her when we were watching it, I was like, Arnold Howard's gonna get a knock at the door by the FBI in like three weeks, and they're gonna take him away because of impersonating a police officer, yeah. and they're gonna be like, "What were you doing there?" Because like, they're gonna find out he was there. They're gonna look at the like security tape or something. Right? you like, know, the your whole, car was there. We saw yeah, it. They, I, Investigators would have written down everything going on at that site. <laughs> you know, he had one last happy Christmas.
4: Detective Howard Lang undercover. I have been working on this case for the last three years, and you guys come bouncing in here like a bunch of terrorists at a tea party. Wait! Till the commissioner finds out about this. Oh yeah.
0: He's going, going to hit to the, roof. the roof. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Is that a half point for both of us? Because I think we Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I can do half point there.
5: I want to rematch. I want to watch the movie. <laughs> <laughs> gonna
1: have a and I'll have to find new clips. Yes, new clips. Oh, new questions. <laughs> All
5: right. Is um. Okay. Mine, I'm up. Mm, yeah. Yes.
1: Yes. Okay. This it's gonna get harder, so everyone's All gonna right. have a try. Okay. Oh, actually, this one might end up being. I easier. mean, I'm no. doing pretty good for You're not doing, watching yes. it yeah. since last Christmas. Yeah. So. You're doing pretty good. <laughs> okay. Eight.
0: Tell me, what do you want? The 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 scene, right? Like, Do I give hints? I, I'm like, I want the Turbo Man action figure with the arms and length that move, and the boomerang shooter, and the Rock'em Sock'em jetpack, and the realistic voice simulator that says five different phrases, including "It's Turbo Time." Batteries sold separately. Uh, batteries not included. Yeah, accessories sold separately. Batteries not included. <laughs> Kids,
1: I wish you were here because Carly was just saying it with the him at the same time. It's <laughs> all the easy ones. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm
0: going to skip that one. Okay. Skip that one. No, we
1: I, both know that by now. Yeah, yeah, I was, yeah, I was saying that
0: That's why I was like, maybe I should just skip it. <laughs> yeah, skip that one. So number nine, right? Okay,
1: so number, yeah. Oh, no, no, th- no. Throw me number that was, nine. That was number eight. That was so, Maria. Throw me number nine. Okay, so number nine instead. Howard, I've been thinking. Everything you went through today for Jamie really shows how much you love him.
5: Are you kidding me? <laughs> he could oh, This yours. is the easiest one. Well, if he
0: gets the other one, you can do this one. <laughs> so um, I, I have to wonder, like, what did you? All I know is, like, what did you get me? <laughs>
5: <laughs> and then he is, his eyes get big again.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it, it, she says it. She says it a different way. I don't remember how she says it. That's fair. Do you want it? Do you think that's it?
5: Uh, I'm pretty. I would probably say something similar. Okay,
1: play it. <laughs> what is? What did you? What? How does it start? Uh, Howard, I've been thinking, everything you went through today for Jamie really shows how much you love him.
5: Yeah, it makes me wonder, what did you get me? I think it's the same thing.
4: <laughs> me. Oh. Everything that you went through today for Jamie really shows how much you love
3: him. Oh. And uh, and if you're willing to go through oh. all of that for him just for a present, well, that makes me wonder.
0: What? What? <laughs>
3: What did you get me? <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah.
0: Nah, right. that was a failure in both worlds. Yeah. So, like, so yeah, that's why I,
1: I said it gets harder the okay. farther okay. I go so down. So that, that's a that's a
0: post-credit scene, by the way. And like, I think we discovered that like yeah. years into watching that VHS tape, we never true. watched it to the end yep. of the credits.
5: Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I don't think it was until we got it on DVD. Huh. And it just like came on. I don't know, but true. Yeah, Definitely. that's a hard. I
0: didn't that was watch a hard. That total. Yeah, that was a hard one number 10.
1: All right. So number number 10. To Carly. Okay. Why did you do that? I got through. I got through 911. 911.
5: What?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I said they got harder.
5: Um
1: I promise it's in the movie. Okay.
5: Oh, so that's right when he um th- hit the Tears the foam thing out. Why'd you do that? 911, 911. And then he says, <laughs> <laughs> um, Does he like grab his head or something? Um, they're in the little phone booth. <laughs> <laughs> I can see it, but I, I can't
1: hear it. We're gonna have to do this. this is a fun game that I feel like we're gonna I'm I'm gonna this year, we're gonna watch it all with your family yes. and then I'm just gonna have these yes. and we're just gonna play a game with all four of you. Man, like,
0: um... Give up because no, I can no, I can take no, I'm <laughs>
5: Um yeah, I don't
0: know. If I believe right, right after that, the old man in the room goes, Hey, look, oh, you guys. Yes. The radio station's just two blocks down on Wabasha. Wabasha. <laughs> yep.
5: That's, That's it. it. <laughs> yeah,
2: you're right. Man. Hey, look, you guys. The radio station's just two blocks down on Wabasha.
0: You <laughs> Yeah, you know,
5: I'm just, I'm blaming it all on that you
1: got to watch this two days ago. That's <laughs> I, I'm
0: going to be honest. I probably would have got a lot of these even yeah. without the recent yeah, viewing. You're, yeah. He
1: also gets clips for the show, so. That's true. <laughs> it's okay. It's not okay. these I'm clips. A a I good got sport. them. I'm a good sport. Yeah, I'm a good And sport. you're still no, doing no, no, good. Not you're, competitive. Do, you're doing good.
0: <laughs> Showdown again I feel like if I was asking you the questions and I said it like I the movie. So. I think so.
5: I think so. Yeah. I need a little... A Contact. Bit. I'm sorry. No, I It's okay.
1: My voices are bad. Okay. All right. Eleven. <clears throat> it was a total freak accident what happened at rehearsal, and we're confident that we work. We got all the kinks worked out of the system.
0: Um, I know. I, all I know is that that guy. This <laughs> he goes. Um, and you'll be like happy to know that you know it's, Dave actually showed some brain activity this morning. That's a really we good sign. <laughs> Do you want, you to, want to take it? That, that's a hard one. Because that
5: of- is hard because the beginning, uh, <laughs> the <laughs> name. like I...
1: It was a total freak accident what happened at rehearsal and we're confident that we worked out all the kinks in the system. And you should
5: know that blah 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 showed some brain activity today and that's a really good sign and he takes his glasses and he like holds <laughs> them a little
1: bit i mean i'm willing to give both of you guys a point <laughs> you both got the name wrong is it kevin but... <laughs> Chris? I'm play, i'll play
0: the clip i'll play the clip
1: <laughs> it was a total freak accident what happened at
2: rehearsal and we're confident that we got all the casework out of the system oh, oh and you should know the doctor said pete actually showed pete. some brain
0: activity this morning <laughs> yeah that's a really good sign Okay, so that scene takes place at the end of the movie at the Wintertainment Parade.
2: Yeah, you can't go to work today. What about the parade? The parade? The Holiday Wintertainment Parade. We go every year. Oh. Well, you didn't go last year or the year before. But Mom and I always go. Anyway, this year Turbo Man's gonna be there.
3: Yeah, Turbo Man. Turbo Man. Yes. Yes. (laughs)
4: It's Turbo Time.
2: Uh, Dad, you can't miss it. It's gonna be really cool.
0: I won't miss it. I'll be there. I promise. That's a promise he keeps because at the end of the film, he is (laughs) hornswoggled into putting on a Turbo Man suit and playing Turbo Man out at the parade on the float. And it. Becomes this crazy climax where Arnold has a working jetpack <laughs> and uh, he's shooting like. Discs. Through buildings. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it's ridiculous. And that's the end of the movie. And that's what they're talking about. Like, he's filling in for some random dude named Pete, who <laughs> apparently had some freak accident testing out this jetpack. It's Turbo Man. And <laughs> he probably only got exploded. there because
5: he was running from the same cop that he's been messing with the whole movie.
0: Yep. <laughs> All right, what number are we on now?
1: We are on. 12 and it's going to Carly.
0: Oh, Alright.
1: I'm scared. <laughs> this might be easier. I don't know. I don't know. It wouldn't for me. Alright, kid. Give me the doll. And nobody gets hurt. Myron? Myron? I know. Myron. It's like, oh, I got a bigger brain. It's all that <laughs> comes to mind.
5: <laughs> That's the oh, end of it. I know, okay. Um you think you could um Oh man you thought this little suit idea was so good or something, but I got the bigger
0: brain. Gee, that's close. That's I, real close. I, I, just got bits. I
5: know. I just, I don't know word
0: for word. <laughs> it's OK. I, I know word for word. I of think. course. Okay. That's know? right, turtle man. <laughs> yeah, turtle You thought your suit idea was so slick. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm one step ahead of you, because I got a bigger
4: brain. <laughs> yep. That's, that's definitely exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, kid, give me the dial, and nobody gets hurt. Myron? That's right, turtle man. Thought you could outsmart me, didn't you? Huh? Thought your little suit I did was so slick. But you know what? I'm one step ahead of you because I've got a bigger brain. Oh,
3: man,
4: that, That's also at the, yeah. the
0: parade scene where Myron dresses up as Turbo Man's uh, enemy, Dementor. mentor yeah. And they have a standoff on the float. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: And it's this is where the movie goes full stupid. Like
1: <laughs> Yeah. Good job. It does.
0: Oh, we, got, we got a few more, right?
1: Yeah, we've got three more, which is uh, a few. <laughs> All right. This one is to you, Rob. And this is one I almost put last because I was like, this, I feel like is probably the hardest. But my next two are just mean. So, Andrea, hi. Well, if you think
0: the fabric is too dark. Then we'll just recover, recover it. <laughs> <laughs> and no extra charge. And don't you forget, you're my number one customer. You missed something, but fine. That's oh. close.
5: Yeah, that was good. If
0: you think the fabric is too dark, then we'll yeah, just recover cool. it.
5: <laughs> yeah, I, uh, that's the only thing that comes to mind for me, too. Yep. What? I thought it was going to be harder. That's at the beginning. He <laughs> did.
4: Andrea, hi. Well, if you think the fabric is too dark, then we just recover it. And no extra charge. Well, what do you expect? You're my number one customer.
1: I more or less yeah, got it. You that did. One. Yeah, you just yeah. missed what did you expect? What did you yeah. expect? So I was like, if she can get what you yeah. can expect. So
0: what'd you expect? Okay. okay. I would
5: have got close to that one too.
0: We just recovered.
1: <laughs> all right. So these next two, whoever all can say it. Like just way. put your hand. Just okay. no, put oh, your hand okay. up. I'm not gonna direct it at either all one right, of right, you. Okay. Because um they're mean. Okay. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> I'm looking for a specific answer to this okay. one. 14. Excuse me, I'm trying to find a Turbo Man doll. Me too. Me too. Do you have any more in back?
5: I think I impulsively restarted. <laughs> I think... um, but um, say, can you say it one more time? Me too. Go, me too. Me too. Me too.
1: Uh, um, excuse me, I'm trying to find a Turbo Man doll. Me too. Me too. Do you have any more in back? They start laughing
5: and they're like, "Uh, the, uh just say it." Like, they they they, they start laughing like these two are looking for a Turbo <laughs> Man.
0: Oh. Oh, now I now I'm I drawing a blank. Um, it's like <laughs> it
5: like excuse me, Miss. Um Wait. these two are looking for a turbo. No, man. no, no. Is it's like
0: that it? hold on. The, 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 no, the 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 little man says like, uh, "You're We're, looking for a turbo man, turbo man." <laughs> you know, like, yeah. oh, hold on. It's just like the the most so many, the hottest yes. Christmas toy ever. So, yeah. Hold on. Where
1: have you been? So all of those things, <laughs> all of those things are true. But I specifically wrote down as the answer. A specific kind of laugh. So whoever does the laugh gets it right. You both know the Wait, laugh happens. Me too. Me too. Uh, Do you have one backstage? Oh, oh. Yeah,
0: that's it's so very breathy. Yes, <laughs> <it
5: is. laughs> Something like that. <laughs> that's not my laugh, but
1: <laughs> um, man, his laugh—it is very. I will give you a hint, I wrote down squealing laugh.
0: Yeah, it is, it's like. You want me to play, me to
5: play it? Yeah. <laughs> I can't do it, my voice is gone?
0: Excuse me. Yes? I'm trying to find a turbo man doll.
5: Me too,
4: me too. Do you have any more in the back?
1: <laughs> what? What's he
4: laughing
0: He's got looking for a terrible man, turbo man. man. <laughs>
1: I'm giving then, you both a point because you both knew that a laugh happened. <laughs> yeah, okay, but not yeah, just cool. not just that. Like,
0: that, that whole the scene
1: whole goes on. Yeah, it's starts laughing. This is true. These guys it's, are
5: looking for a turbo oh, man. <laughs> and they're like, he talks really fast. Like, it's been the hottest one i ever done. <laughs> <laughs> All right,
0: last one. And then they're like, we got Booster. Is that All his right. name? Booster, yeah. pet tiger Booster in stock. I feel like this should be the Mario Party one. Whoever gets this one gets all the points. Oh, <laughs> oh, gets yo, the steal. All, all
5: of, I personally, presen- if you
0: guys get this, I mean, I'm not
5: behind. So if you yeah, guys,
0: it, it, if that's
1: fine to me, if you guys get this, I'm gonna be very. You guys watch this movie. You are not allowed to watch this movie again this year. <laughs> you watch just, this movie too all right, much. For the
0: Mario Party win, the 15. steal, all of them, <clears> all <throat> or nothing.
1: KQRS Minneapolis. Good. Good.
0: I'm glad you guys Well, didn't I was get like that. I don't know which scene it is. <laughs> okay, KQRS, hello. Randy, Jermaine Tito, I don't, is, is that it? <laughs> nope. Uh, KQRS, yes, hello. Nope, the my line is KQRS
1: Minneapolis.
0: <laughs> oh, uh Is it when
5: he Is that the, like beginning, the beginning of
0: the? The beginning? Something oh. you got to die we got to cry or something? <laughs> something <laughs> like that? Like, oh, I have no idea. Yeah, yeah, it's it's the it's an announcement at the very beginning of the movie. It is. Yeah. <laughs> KQRS, Minneapolis. So, it's chilly out there. <gasps> oh, at the Christmas morning or the yeah. Christmas Eve, and they're eating
5: breakfast yes. Yes. cereal. Turbo Man. Why breakfast. do you know
0: where it is? You <laughs> watched this movie and too he's many times. His Turbo
5: Man pajamas in Turbo
0: Man cereal. cereal.
5: Yep, Liz is
0: in her robe. Play the clip. <laughs>
4: KQRS
0: Minneapolis. We'll do the rockin' while you fill the stocking. What is it? We'll do the rockin' while well, you, you feel do the, the shoppin'. Oh. oh, I thought it was you feel the stocking. That that might be that too. That funny. that that makes more sense. I that would rhymes. have never
5: got it, but I could yeah. tell you that there was like a Christmas song. <laughs> I knew I
0: knew that he rhymes. I was like, you you do the crime while you do the time. <laughs> <laughs> you do the crime and I'll do the time. I'm a made man. All oh, right. Oh, that was fun. Yeah,
5: that was fun. Did you guys, I really want to go home and watch the movie now. Did you
1: take score? Like I did. Oh, gosh. You won. Of course. <laughs> um, I don't want to tell you by how much.
0: Either, it, okay. Car- no, Carly, okay. you did a valiant. You did it, yeah. You that did was really way better. Job. Yeah, that was way better than anyone else could have done.
1: And like I said, I'm glad you guys enjoyed yourself because I literally was like, I don't watch <sighs> this movie. I don't know what's important. What it? I would have thought the Turbo Man with the action figure would have been harder because it's so long. But you guys immediately that's, that's, the, I mean, that's the scene. Like the, yeah, I when it, when you played it at the beginning, you were doing it. I was like, I've made a mistake. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, so yeah, that is jingle all the way. Yeah. Uh, the the answer, the question is. Would you recommend it for Christmas? It's Christmas season right now. Yes. It's December. Would you recommend watching it?
5: Yes, absolutely. Yes. I try to recommend it to as many people as I can. There's years that, um, I'll tell my students, like, have you guys ever seen Jingle All the Way? And they're like, what the heck are you talking about? <laughs> Who's Arnold Schwarzenegger? And I'm like, oh, my gosh. And um, so I always try to tell my friends, like, oh, this is my family tradition, like, give it a shot you guys will laugh and sometimes they say that that wasn't funny <laughs> I'm like, grateful that it's a family tradition in our house
1: <laughs> Jess Yeah you could watch it sure you should also watch my movie my movie
0: is good <laughs> I'm not going to I'm not going to sit here and pretend this is a like a great movie like it's <laughs> it's really stupid in a lot of ways and silly but it like it's so much fun and yeah, like if, if you, you can... just like come at it as like yeah this is a very dumb movie in the same vein as like L for Home, like Home Alone, I think, is a little smarter and clever. It's a little yeah. more clever. It's not as clever as Home Alone, but, you know, it's it's just dumb fun. It's mm-hmm. just like a
5: really light-hearted movie yeah. that you can just enjoy with yeah. your family and especially, laugh. Yeah,
0: especially all the antics. Everything Arnold does in this movie is ridiculous and fun, you mm-hmm. know? Like yeah. He had, they have a foot race in the street as Sinbad's throwing packages at him. <laughs> they have a fist fight in the, in the toy store, and they're knocking each other over, and, like, Sinbad trips on an RC car. There's buses and bombs and coffee. (laughs) I know it sounds like a
1: diehard movie, but I promise it's a different kind of Christmas. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah,
0: It's it's so much fun. But what did the world think of Jingle All the Way? Jingle All the Way grossed $129 million worldwide, recouping its $75 million budget. That's a lot
1: of nuts. Yeah,
0: so it it was a financial success. According to writer Randy Kornfeld, Arnold Schwarzenegger claims that it was his highest performing movie in Japan.
1: Oh, yeah. interesting. Yeah. So they like action figures.
0: <laughs> yeah, it, it's true. So. Did, that, did that feel really pigeonholing? They like action figures. Well, they do. <laughs> uh, the film was not particularly uh, enjoyed by critics, uh, with criticism aimed at the story, the direction, Schwarzenegger's performance, and the wasted potential of the remaining oh, cast. Oh, my gosh.
5: Yeah. They... <laughs> They're not fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is. The they part. don't know good movies. Just kidding.
0: Just kidding. Critic, uh, critic Emmanuel Levy called it, quote, highly formulaic. Filmcritic.com called it, quote, heartless and unfunny. And USA Today <laughs> called it, quote, a, quote, painfully bad movie that has been inspired strictly by the potential jingle of cash registers.
1: Oh, wow. Oh. Which was oh. the opposite of what it was supposed to be.
0: Yeah you look so offended I do. But, but coming in clutch good old grandpa Ebert said quote I liked a lot of the movie which is genial and has a lot of energy but I was sort of depressed by the relentlessly materialistic view of Christmas and by the choice to go with action and mild violence over dialogue and plot I was like that's a fair assessment
1: yeah okay we'll give it to you grandpa Ebert yeah
0: Sinbad won a Blockbuster Entertainment Award for Favorite Supporting Actor or Family, and Arnold won a German Golden Camera Award for Best International Actor huh. for this movie. Yeah.
1: Okay. Cool. Cleaned
0: up. And Brian Levant was nominated for Worst Director at the Golden Raspberry <laughs> <laughs> Awards, Aww. while Rita Wilson, Arnold, and the film itself were all nominees at the Stinker's Bad Movie Awards. Wow. So. <laughs> People are mean. Yeah. <laughs> Yep. And what of the legacy of of Jingle All the Way? Because there's actually, there, there was a lot of, you know, stuff to come out of this movie, surprisingly. Mm-hmm. Uh, the world premiere of Jingle All the Way was held November 16th, 1996, at the Mall of America, where parts of the film was shot. We kind of glossed over this, but there's yeah. a legit chase scene where Arnold is chasing down a Super Bowl throughout the Mall of America. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they're on location. They're there. He's chasing this ball around. and It's like a cartoon chase. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's really ridic- Like
5: in ball pits. And-
0: it's ridiculous. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, uh, it's a lot of fun. But a day of events was held to celebrate the film's release at the mall, and Schwarzenegger donated memorabilia from the film to the mall's Planet Hollywood store. Oh wow! And I was like, I don't know if that Planet Hollywood is still there, but that would be fun to go yeah, to that would and, be. and see all the memorabilia from the film. Yeah. Car- Carly and I, it's yep. our dream to ha- to celebrate Christmas in Minneapolis.
5: Yeah, with our whole family, which we will do soon. We will do soon. I'll be busy that week. <laughs> no, we're all going to do it. It's too to. cold. We'll be fine. <laughs>
0: Just get some coffee. It'll warm you up. <laughs> I'm staying in the hotel. I'm never leaving until we go to the airport. Uh, because of the film's short filming and post-production schedule, merchandising was limited, right? So there wasn't a lot actually yeah. made about, you know, you couldn't get your Turbo Man trading cards or anything. But <laughs> a 13.5-inch replica of the talking Turbo Man was produced. Oh. As well as the Turbo Man Time Racer vehicle. Oh. Yeah, I was like, I we never got those. No. What? Yeah. Like, you can get his little car, I guess. Wonder Did we ever see now. that car? I guess not. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, and there was also a soundtrack and novelization released. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Of the movie, not of, of movie. Turbo Man, yeah, right? Just, just the movie, yeah. <laughs> you am going to look so up Turbo you, Man fan fiction if right now. you want the preschool novelization of Jingle All the Way, it's there for you. <laughs> okay. Um, in 1998, Murray Hill Publishing sued 20th Century Fox for $150,000, claiming that the idea for Jingle All The Way was stolen from a screenplay that Uh, they had purchased from high school teacher Brian Webster, which was entitled, Could This Be Christmas?
5: Oh my gosh. Huh?
0: 156 million? 150 million, yeah. Oh
5: my God. Sorry,
0: 150,000,
5: (laughs) 150,000. that's still a lot of money. Yeah. Um, Brian Webster.
0: (laughs) In 2001, Fox was found guilty of stealing the idea in order to pay <gasps> 19 million to Murray Hill. <laughs> what? A million. And Webster received a portion of that. Um what on, the however, heck? on appeal, the damages were lowered to 1.5 million before the verdict itself was reversed in 2004 after a judge decided that the idea was not stolen at f- as Fox had bought Cornfield's script before he or anybody else could have read, could this be Christmas?
1: Yeah, that's
5: like big fat liars. <laughs> <laughs> Stealing from like the kid.
0: Yeah, so that was a that was oh a whole goodness. thing. It's like a whole five year journey for 20th Century Fox.
5: What? Speaking of Fox,
0: do you know who owns this movie now? Disney? Disney.
5: No, of course. They yeah. own everything.
0: Disney <laughs> Disney must have bought this movie when they bought Fox. Does that so mean
5: it's on Disney Plus? It
0: could be. It's check not Di-
1: currently. Check your Aww. Disney Plus
0: for, for Jingle All the Way this oh,
1: Christmas. Yeah. That's, they, they would probably put it up around Christmas time. Okay. So it, it
0: might be out there. And last and certainly least, 2014 saw the straight-to-DVD release of Jingle All the Way 2, produced by 20th oh. Century Fox and WWE Studios, starring... Larry the Cable Guy and WWE Superstar Santino Morella.
5: i never seen it, have you?
0: Nope. Yeah. Nor I do I care plan- to.
5: Yeah. Purist in this Purist. What would it even be about? It's not even
0: about Turbo Man. It's like yeah. Larry the Cable Guy trying. It's basically a straight up remake. Oh, He's trying gosh. to find like a teddy bear for his daughter. And instead of Sinbad.
1: How lame, a teddy bear?
0: <laughs> instead of Sinbad, it's Santino Morella from the WWE. Oh, wow. Oh. Yeah. So, yep.
1: Weird. And I, I think I heard it was just a shot-for-shot shot remake of Jingle All the Way. It's so more it's...
0: or less the same premise with different characters. Mm. Yeah, like completely unrelated to the original.
5: We'll have to do like some kind of drinking game to watch that <laughs> this Christmas. Yeah, because I don't
0: want to watch. Yeah. yeah I, it's like I don't want to watch that <laughs> under normal circumstances. Yeah. But that is Jingle All the Way. Woo! <laughs> that was a lot of fun. Hey, thank you everybody for uh, listening. Merry Christmas. Happy yeah. holidays.
5: Thank you guys for yeah. having me. Yeah, oh, thank you, this Carly. This was a lot of fun, and Merry Christmas and Happy
0: New Year. <laughs> Happy yeah. birthday! Thank you, everybody. I hope you have a great holiday. Don't don't stress yourself out too much. You know, have some eggnog. So have some non-alcoholic eggnog. Or <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, kids, non-alcoholic. That's the huh. That's a line from the movie. Yeah, <laughs> she caught it. Oh, I, did. I didn't. <laughs> All right. Uh, what What's next on the agenda here?
1: Um. So we're gonna wrap up, but we're gonna talk about our runners up. What ah. movies we could have been watching if this was not the year of we Jingle All the We should have got Way.
0: Carly's runners up. But, oh. but the Jingle All the Way is the your yes.
1: movie of '96, yes, right? Yeah. 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 Well, I don't
5: even know the other options, but I I know it's Jingle
1: All the <laughs> Way. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Okay, but for Rodney, if Jingle All the Way had not come out this year, we would have been watching Fargo. Oh, wow. Okay.
0: Yeah. I like Fargo. I've Ooh. only seen it a few times, but uh, Fargo's great. Or Hunchback of Notre Dame. That, that's more likely. But that's another one of those, like, so Disney has, like, straight up, like, ruled my life. This for, is very true. You are a Disney these, baby. For Both these, of you. Yeah. For the last, like, 10 episodes of Media Made, like, Disney's always been present. But mm-hmm. no, Hunchback was always one of the movies that, like, we watched the least. I think we had it because on VHS. it's dark. I mean, it's <laughs> very dark and just not really for kids. No. But yeah. Like, yeah so.
5: I don't think I've... I think like certain scenes
1: come to mind, but I definitely Go back. I couldn't tell what the movies. Go about. back and watch that as an adult. Have a drink. Okay. Yeah, it's it's
0: really like it's heavy. It, it wasn't interesting for me as a kid, and when you watch it now, you're like, why was this made for children? Watch the movie as an adult. It's very it's very dark. Yeah. It's and the dark. also
1: the music is so good. Yeah. Not like Tarzan good, but like when you're actually listening to the lyrics you're like what freaking hellfire
0: Hellfire is amazing
1: you're like that's a villain song
0: that's a villain that's a villain song yeah, but it's definitely not the kind of movie that would have invaded my life as a child no
1: <laughs> uh, the only other thing on the list for you though I
0: don't know why is Matilda oh I, I watched, that a lot. watched Matilda a lot, not because I liked it, but because it was always on. <laughs> it was always on TV. That's yeah. fair. Always
5: on ABC yeah. Family. The movie's and too Disney.
0: gross. <laughs> too gross. Yeah.
5: <laughs> That's. Fair. I don't think I liked it as much
1: either, but it was just on. always on. Yeah. 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 Okay, that makes that, sense. That'll happen.
0: <laughs> what are yours?
1: Um, for me, if we didn't watch House Arrest, we would have watched. Don't be a menace
0: to the South Central while drinking, drinking your juice in the hood. Say say that again. No. Anyway, don't be a menace to society while drinking your juice in su- what in the hood in, the, in the, hood? the hood. That sounds like a scary movie. Like don't be the- a menace. Oh, okay, okay, because I just wrote don't be a
1: menace because that's the name of it. But like, hold on, let me just make sure. I'm this just is saying it
0: sounds like it was a Wayans brother movie. It like, is. It, it, that totally tracks. Yeah. So this is like your scary movie, but they're making fun of hood movies. Is that what it is? Menace to Society, Boys in the Hood. So it would have been Don't be a menace to this. Don't be a menace to South Central.
1: The, the, that's the original one. Um, or um, it would have been Matilda as well, because you're right. It was always on. Or Jack, which was with, one of, with Robin with Williams. Robin Williams, which is. I, you know, I realized that I mostly watched serious Robin Mil- Williams films when I was young. I didn't necessarily... I remember only
0: seeing, like, clips of that movie, and it was, like, too serious. Not yeah. for kids.
1: It's not. Is it's that...
0: more for kids than than Big is, I is, think. Is, that what, is, that, is he a little mm-hmm. kid that acts like... Or he's an adult that acts like a kid? No,
1: he's uh, a kid who has a disease that makes him grow, like, older. So, like, he's a sixth grader in the movie, but he's full-on Robin Williams.
0: It's like Benjamin Button. Like
1: he's only six years old or he's only sixth grade age, but he like ages faster. And one of the things like even in the movie when you're watching, is just the doctor saying like, don't expect him to live past high school because he's aging so rapidly like that's and good. when he graduates high school he's like full-on gray everything like it's a good movie So that that's a double feature with benjamin button ugh i hate benjamin <laughs> button but yeah so those would have been my movies if we you've never seen jack you never see any of my movies that's the reason you never see
0: anything you want me to do ever <laughs> <laughs> shut up you would be quoting that movie all day uh, okay so those those are our renders up all right plug time yeah so as, as far as the show goes, uh, you can, thank you for listening, by the way. Thank you. Uh, you, you. Do us a few favors. One, tell a friend about the show. Tell a few friends. You know, Hey, it's Christmas time. Share our Christmas podcast with your friends. <laughs> um, you can obviously subscribe to the show on your podcast platforms. I have learned today that our show is on Amazon now. <laughs> oh. Yeah, cool. I, I confirmed it. Hi. Media made on Amazon. So if you got friends who listen to their podcasts on Amazon.com, we're there. Uh, but yep, so just yeah. Uh, subscribe, leave us a review on that podcast platform. You can leave us five-star reviews. That helps a lot with visibility. Um, you just keep listening. We appreciate you. Um, as for, oh, you could also follow the show on Twitter and on Instagram, at Media Made the Show, where yes. we have polls. You can decide which movie you won, which we'll decide in a second, between oh, the three yeah. of us. Um, and uh, we also have fun things like, you know, sh- show videos and pictures and art and all that fun stuff, so. Uh, me personally you can follow me on twitter at rod the master it's at rod the master um, I produce a youtube show about professional wrestling uh, we might t- we might even talk about the big santa himself the big show <laughs> um, it's called media made er, sorry, it's called <laughs> this the show. it's called keep kayfabe on youtube that's k-a-y-f-a-b-e keep kayfabe and I write for a video game website called zeldadungeon.net where we talk about the legend of zelda video game series so if you like any of those things you can check me out
1: if you want to find me and hear more of my voice, I have a YouTube up where I uh, tell stories and I put them to pictures. That sounds really uninteresting, but I promise you it's a lot of fun. I have not put anything on there recently because life is hard here, at Blake Holsey High. Uh, but I plan on uh, putting up more vlogs and putting up more uh, story videos. So if you want to check that out, Taming Tales on YouTube.
0: Carly, you are a guest. Is there anything you want to plug?
5: Um. I don't do anything cool like that, um, but this was really fun and I really enjoyed it. And I know that Rod, you mentioned to me a while back that I should start a podcast about my dating life and dating horror stories, and so that might be in the works now. Yeah, so keep uh, yeah, keep your eye out or ear out. <laughs> yeah, as soon as that pops yeah. up, we will
0: definitely we will, we will
5: definitely plug
0: that here. So, yes, yeah. we will.
5: But it's been really fun, and
0: we appreciate you being um, here.
5: Definitely going
1: to listen to more. Yeah. good. good. Thanks. All listen right, so to this one.
0: Unfinished Business. We got to talk about it. Which movie won the, the the night?
1: What was the better movie?
0: Her her movie was House Arrest. My movie was Jingle All The Way. She's um, never seen House Arrest. I've never
1: seen it,
5: so I'm going to have to just automatically vote for Jingle all the way. <laughs> I thought you,
0: were, you know, the classy thing to do would have said, I'm going to abstain, but you're like, no. I'm no, gonna, no, no, <laughs> no, no. Jingle All The Way, baby. Fine. <laughs> yeah, jingle it, Half The Way. It's Jingle All The Way. Fine, fine. Even like me sitting here, like trying to be, you know, trying to be impartial, right? There's just not enough going on in House Arrest, right? (laughs) It's like a shaky, it's like, you know, a pretty okay premise with like nothing on the bone, Mm -hmm. or at least with Arnold, it's like, yeah, the premise is, you know, it's a okay premise, right? But they just go whole hog with it. It goes everywhere. It goes everywhere. All around Menina Nebulus. There's no
1: jetpack in House Arrest just saying there could be they left nope. it in the attic we just didn't go to the attic during this movie no
5: crazy mailman
1: Unfair. No. <laughs> what
5: is there
1: i don't know <laughs> there was a crazy no. neighbor there's a cop in this one too it was yeah. fine i'll yeah. give it to your movie this yeah, yeah. year I'll be all the polite. way merry christmas
0: kids <laughs> <laughs> all right so we're gonna close out the show with the with so, speaking of Media that most invaded our lives. I think the song I've heard the most of in my life, which is Jingle Bells. (laughs) I can't think of any other song in my whole life that I've heard more than Jingle Bells. All forms of it. Every Jingle Bells, right? That's fair. Can you think of anything else you've heard more of? Like, happy birthday, maybe.
5: Oops,
0: Mm. I did it again pretty but that's just my personal choice. (laughs) Anyway, I think the song I've heard the most of in my life, Jingle Bells, as performed by the Brian Setzer Orchestra from the Jingle All The Way soundtrack. It's the rock and roll one. Mm -hmm. Uh, Brian Seltzer, he was from the Stray Cats, so it's like a rockabilly-themed Jingle Bells cover remix. Mm -hmm. Um, We're close to that, and uh, we will see you all next time with our music of 1996. And remember, kids, if you don't have a basement or a closet,
1: you can always lock your folks in an attic.